Hey, and welcome to the uh, Don't Feed the Geeks presented by the Long Island Comic Guys. Um, we're here today with uh, TC, uh, Zach, or what are we calling you now? Bonus Jonas. Bonus, Bonus Jonas. Jonas. And then we've got... Nice. We have, <laughs> uh, Zach just joined our team as Long Island Comic Guys. Um, this is his basically his first or second show. And then we've got uh, Toy Story Matt here and myself, JJ, here. Uh, and then we've got a very special guest with us today. We've got uh, Mr. Billy Tucci. He is a... Artist, local artist in Long Island. Um, he is a patriot, and he is one of our good friends. Yes, welcome, Billy. Welcome, Billy. Oh, hey guys, how you doing? Doing great. good, sir. Great to have you on. And Thank you for having. Me. Is my audio levels okay? Oh yeah, you sound great. You sound good, sir. Wow. So let's get this started. But uh, you know, one of the things we like to ask, uh, you know, artists that we bring on is your origin story. Like, how did you get into comics? Oh, wow. an artist. And you can go as far back as you want. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I read comics as a kid and then kind of lost, lost it, uh, you know, high school, you know, the end of junior high, all the way to high school, all the way to college. And then in my, uh, I think it was my senior year in college, one of my professors showed me the Pander Brothers uh, Grendel uh, book with Christina Spar. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of, are familiar yes. with that book. It's a, it's a great book, great book. Matt Wagner. And yes. And, um, and it was illustrated by the Panda brothers and it's about Grendel's daughter. It's a futuristic story. And my teacher said, you know, these guys draw like you, you should make comics the way you draw and everything. You should make comic books. So, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, man, I love comic books. That'd be cool. Let me, let me get back into that and check it out. So I, uh, I talked to my, one of my, one of my best friends. He's still one of my best friends, uh, John Tartaglioni. His father's a longtime Marvel, uh, inker, uh, art director, illustrator. And, um, he, uh, he, uh, was, is like a mentor to me. And uh, he's inked everything, and he's he penciled the Pope comic. I think the Pope John Paul the second comic. Oh, really? he, I know he, that he, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he illustrated it, and uh, I don't know if he wrote it, um, but I think he illustrated. Maybe Joe Sinnott inked it, or he did all the art. Oh, wow. um, and the thing is, is that I think that book came out in '82, and it sold something like five million copies, something like that. And then the year later, Marvel uh, instituted their royalties <laughs> program, Aww. so he got no royalties. So he just missed out. On it. <laughs> but uh, but I digress. Anyway, so he said, "Yeah, I think you could do this." And I'm like, "And you know, now I'm looking at George Perez pages and all these, you know, Bashema wow. pages and, and you know John Byrne and all these great, you know." Multiple character pages, panels, and all this stuff, buildings, and I'm like, well, how much of a paycheck would I get? What, do I, what would I get paid to do this? He goes, oh, they'll probably start you out at $25 a page. And I was like, oh my god, $25. <laughs> Take me a week to draw something like this. I'll starve. So, uh, but need to say, I, you know, I just love, I just, it, it totally rekindled me the, the the genre. I started picking up a lot of the old war books again. Uh, then, you know, Frank Miller's Dare. I love Daredevil, and uh, the Frank Miller Daredevil, you know, born born again storyline. But all his, you know, the whole Lectra saga, everything like that. And I just just devoured it all. And um, and then uh, I said, you know, I'll give it a shot. And I went out to San Diego Comic-Con in 1993 with my portfolio and pretty much got rejected by everyone. <laughs> uh, actually, one of the editors from one of the big two actually uh, looked at my, my portfolio and I didn't know what to do. So they said, uh, you know, uh, no, they said, yeah, you got to do a, it, it was it was a Malibu tryout page for for. Um, 
uh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> I remember I saw the pages, and it's in a warehouse. That's what it was. It was a tryout story. So I went there, and he, and one editor goes, "Oh my God, look at this." He goes, hey, Jimmy, to another editor. He goes, look at this, another effing warehouse story. If I see another warehouse comic, I'm going to punch the first guy that has it. Like us artists, they all waiting on lines. And then everyone had like, everyone had like, you know, it's comics. They fight in the warehouse. I don't know. That's, that was the, the story I did. And he goes, next. He didn't even look at it then. Aww. So, yeah. So uh, it was embarrassing. And then I went and I, and, and I went to the small press section and I saw Brian Polito sitting there on a six-foot table with Stephen Hughes and Jason Jensen, who was – Stephen was the artist for Lady Death and Jason Jensen was the colorist and they had their Evil Ernie comics. And there was no one around them, uh, and they were sitting at this little, like, six-foot table, the three of them, and uh, just built up a conversation with them. And me and Brian just hit it off immediately, and he really liked my stuff, and he said he'd like to offer me a pinup in in his uh, new character that's coming out. And I was like, oh, geez, thank you so much. And uh, But I, I really liked it, and I was feeling really dejected by not getting any work. Went all the way out there. I had no money. Spent all this money um, – every last dime I had to try to get, you know, to get into comics. And then I said, you know, what the hell with this, I'm gonna do my own book. And I started to work on my own, to work on the she story. And, and I had, the, and then I started doing the first page of the she, the way of the warrior. And then John Tartaglione, I showed it to him, the, uh, the, my mentor. And he goes, this is great. He goes, I'm going to set you up a meeting with John Romita. So I actually went to the Marvel offices and I got to, and I went to John and I, John Romita sat down with me and he's looking at the first, maybe 15 pages or so. Of she, the way of the warrior number one. And he's like, what is this? And I said, oh, it's my comic book. I'm putting out a comic book. I'm going to make my own comic. And I'm going to put it out in, uh, you know, this is the, this was probably then around October and November 1993. And I said, no, I'm, I want to make my own comic. And uh, this is the pages. And I tell him the story. And he's just looking at me. He goes, wait a minute. You're going to make your own comic book. You're going to publish your own comic book. I'm like, yeah, full color. I didn't know what I was doing. And he goes, <laughs> and, and he goes, because he said, this is terrific. And he said, he goes, and then he said, what the hell are you doing here then? And I said, well, what do you mean? This is the brass ring. You know, Marvel DC, this is it. I want to draw Spider-Man. He goes, you want to draw for Marvel when you're writing and drawing your own comic book that you're going to publish. I said, yeah. He goes, he goes you know what? Go do your own book. Here's my, here's my phone number with my card. If it doesn't work out, you give me a call. You'll always have a place at Marvel. We'll always be able to find work for you at Marvel or something like that. He goes, do your own book. And then the rest was history. And I did that book and it exploded and, you know, and uh, that was that. And uh, never really did anything for Marvel. <laughs> wow. Jimmy, Jimmy Pomiati got me um, the, uh, the the job doing uh, – um, oh, Dan Buckley. No, yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, Heroes for Hire. Dan Buckley and Jimmy and Jimmy was writing Heroes for Hire for part of the Civil War. And that was the only – yeah, that was the only thing I did for him, for, for them was that. And uh, but, you know, that was that. So that's how I basically got started. And then we just took off. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I went to the library to, to, to figure out how do you publish a comic book? I talked to retailers. I, I found out about Diamond. I called people at Diamond. I typed up a letter. Um you know, stating I was this big company, though it was just me in my one bedroom apartment <laughs> with my wife, Deborah. You know, Deb was like director of marketing for Crusade <laughs> Comics, all this stuff, and uh, basically fooled the world thinking we were a real publisher. And, and 
And uh, it, it that first book hit when she the way the warrior hit man it just exploded. I mean, I remember the book had to be returnable because I didn't know what I was doing. So I said, "Oh, we need a gimmick." So I said, "Glow in a dark cover," and uh, and and then they don't make glow in a dark cover. So there was something that was in the chemical that they were legal to make at the, whatever. The, I was using Spartan print printing at the time, and uh, so I made it returnable. So the first week that book came out and I got a box of returns, I think we got 300 returns for the book. And then, God, all, all of a sudden the reorders just started piling in. And I think it was within three or four weeks we had reorders for over 140,000 copies for that book. Wow. And it's just something just – I don't know, just something about it that it just hit at the right place at the right time. But there was a ton of trials and tribulations. I mean any, everything that can go wrong did go wrong. My inker hijacked the pages even though I said, I can't really pay you. I said, but if you work with this with me, you know, I, I said, you know, we'll, we'll partner up with this and stuff. He goes, yeah, I can't do that. I need to get paid. I can't deliver the pages. And he had like 10, 15 pages. <laughs> so I scrape around with friends and I borrowed money from friends and family and uh, ended up giving him whatever it was, $1,200 I owed him. And that, that was it for him. And he blew that one. But uh, then I also had these partners. Uh, sorry, let's we'll go back. Uh, this is now the fall of 1993 and I met these partners who were really just charlatans. They, they were a, a pair of uh, guys from New Zealand. Great word, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And, they were, <laughs> and I basically worked for them. I was there, I was there, uh, you know, I was answering their phones. I was going to work in their office, which I was doing drawing paid, you know, drawing, trying to draw my book and writing the book. But I was really just like a glorified secretary for them. I'd go get them lunch. I'd answer the phones for them. I was sitting in the front. And basically they wanted 50% of the character. Uh, and that was the deal. And then my wife's aunt, thank God, works for one of the biggest lawyers in Manhattan. And they said, absolutely not. And we came in and they just steamrolled them. Because it came to the point where we owed Diamond and Heroes World and Capital City $4,000 for the advertising. Because they took out ads in previews and they used their credit card for it and the credit card bounced. So they're like, well, we got to pay these ads. They're not going to release the numbers to us. And I remember the one guy said, uh, he goes, Billy, if you think I'm going to spend $4,000 to advertise a comic book, you're out of your f-ing mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, within, you know, within a year, within two years, we had sold a million and a half copies. She. So, wow. oh, well. Wow. <laughs> so yeah and i did you know and that was it and uh you know did she for close to 10 years we did uh, about 100 issues or close to 100 issues uh, amongst other things i published a whole lot of other comics and all and then i just kind of got burnt out from it you know and i wanted to do other things and that's when the heroes for hire thing came along and uh, i've been doing stuff for, for dc and all and i really love that but i always wanted to go back to she but i wanted the right story for it and now i think i have it so uh, next month, the end of next month, we're going to launch via Indiegogo uh, and probably Kickstarter. We might even do both of them simultaneously if they allow us to because some people buy on – some people only uh, support Kickstarter and some people only support Indiegogo, I found out. Yeah. So why not give them both if I can? Right. Uh, but it's it's she, Return of the Warrior, and this is our 25th anniversary. So uh, the book will be 25 years removed from the original Way of the Warrior storyline, and uh, it's a, sort of a comic book grows up. Uh, our our lead Anna Ishikawa is now a mother raising her teenage daughter. Her husband uh, is in jail. He was the police officer that was investigating the the, the original she killings and stuff in the original story, um, and uh, her warrior days are far behind her, and that it all comes back. 
So kind of cool, like a comic book grows up. So how did that? And I'm really excited about that. How did that? So how did you come up with the idea of she? So I mean, was this something yeah. that you thought years ago? You know, before you even published it? Yeah. Yes, I love samurai films. You know, I really do. I love Toshiro Mifune. I love I love samurai films. Is that my re- reverb? Is no. that me? No, I, I think that was me. You there? Yeah, that's, I, good. that's good. It's good? Yeah, okay. there's just a little echo going on. I was just trying to oh. signal Jim without cutting anyone off. <laughs> Sorry, Tess. So, uh, no, I, I just love samurai films. Um, I, I just I guess I'm a bit of a Japanophile. And this is like in the late 80s when everything Japanese was popping up all over New York and stuff. And I just love that. That I just I just thought it was so exciting. This you know this amazing culture that you know they take you know making tea you know to an art form or raking you know your 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 rocks in your garden into an art form, but they're also the most violent you know society that the world's ever known with you know just with so much violence and and I just like that's really interesting. So I had the character originally was a male character, and then just uh, something happened when I came back from San Diego, and I had by then I had switched her off to a to a to a woman character and i'm like you know i'm gonna make this into a, a female book and and i was told adam post who was the president of uh the triumphant comics i i approached him with it which she this is all in the fall of, of 93 summer and fall of 93 and uh he's like yeah i'm not interested girl books don't sell <laughs> you know what I mean? Girl books with female leads don't sell. Huh. And uh, I'm like, you know, I think I could do this on my own. And uh, and that was it. And and, and uh, it just blew up. And I also love woodblock prints. And again, I just uh, a big Tashir Mifune fan, a Kurosawa fan, big history. If you look at my studio, like this entire bookshelf behind me is all Japanese, all about Japan. So yeah. you know, I, I become a, a reference fanatic and I just totally uh, excuse me, I got blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first we've had on this podcast. Allergies, you know, this weather. Sorry. Oh yeah, you're good. Bless you. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. It's you're the good. spring. Oh my god, pollen. That's funny. See, I promise I wouldn't curse or anything like that, but I can't promise I'm not gonna sneeze. Oh, you're fine. Well you well, you already cursed. <laughs> I did curse already. Yes, <laughs> the, uh, it's okay. The, we have we have the a Tucci British bomb. charlatan. Yes, the yeah. Tucci bomb. We got one already. Um, hey Billy, I wanted to ask you real quick before we go any further. What were yeah, the um, what were the books that you um, you grew up reading before oh, you? Uh, yeah, you know, I got to tell you, I love. Well, first, I loved Ant Man. I just and I think because of the design. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't sneeze all day. You're fine. Um, uh, but I loved Ant-Man, but I also loved uh, – again, there's something about Daredevil always called to me, but I was a big monster fan. Mm. So I loved – probably my favorite growing up Marvel book was Werewolf by Night by oh, far. Wow. Awesome. I love Werewolf by Night. And uh, and then I – and my second is obviously like you know our Army at War, Sergeant Rock books. You know, I like Nick Fury and the, and the Howling Commandos. Eh, it was all right, but I was a big fan of uh, of Rock. You know, and and all those all those books, Star Spangled War stories. You know, our Army at War, the Sergeant Rock series. Uh, but uh, that that was it. Yeah. So for Marvel, it was Werewolf by Night, and for DC, it was Sergeant Rock. 
Very cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love your, I love your Sergeant Rock. Um, oh, drawings. oh thank one, you. one of my favorites. I love you because you are obviously, and we said that you're an American Patriot where you, you, you did serve, uh, in our military. So thank you for your service. Oh, my um, yeah, And thank you. So what was your military background? Uh, I was in the army. Uh, I was, uh, airborne infantryman, just a grunt with a rifle. Uh, then I went, uh, national guard. So I was in the New York national guard, went up to the Rhode Island national guard. Loved it. I wanted, I stayed in the National Guard because I joined after college. So I, and then I was supposed to be an officer, but then that didn't work out. My recruiter lied to me. There was no slots for officers. They always and, lie. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then again, I really loved being a part of the E4 mafia, uh, which is, you know, you know uh, being a specialist or a corporal and you don't have to be an NCO and, and you could just skirt, man, with everything and get everyone to do stuff for you. But, uh, but I also, because I didn't know if, if my comics career didn't take off, I would have went and been career, you know, army. That's what I would have wanted to do. And, uh, but I loved it. I loved, it. I miss it. You know, I'm a member of the American Legion. So uh, that's my mission now, you know, to do that. And, and, uh, I guess the closest I ever got to war was during desert storm. When we got, uh, where Jimmy was in the, in the yeah. Gulf, we, we, uh, we got mobilized cause, and we were sent to the national training center in California. And, uh, and we were there for, geez, I don't know how many weeks we were there for, but it was cold, man. <laughs> Holy crap in the desert and the war ended. So that was, that was the closest. So really didn't do anything. I mean, I was a good soldier, you know, just did my, did my thing, you know, maybe I had a little big mouth. <laughs> but uh no. No, I, I, I loved it I, i'm still friends <laughs> with a lot of my buddies you know i was in some great units and uh it was a good time i recommend it for everyone absolutely Billy, really did you did you find that the um i guess your your interest and uh you're reading your the war comics when you were a kid you think that that influenced you to to join up oh uh, yeah i think definitely yeah you know yeah you know i gotta think of that too and i don't know about what you guys i mean how many kids that Sergeant Rock send to Vietnam, <laughs> you know, if you think about that with those war comics in the sixties and stuff like that. And even though he was like war, no more, but they were awesome. <laughs> and you want to like, yeah, them and John Wayne, Sergeant Rock and John Wayne. John I, bet Wayne sent for a sure. lot of, yeah. I bet they sent a lot of kids to Vietnam. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, no, I was told, I, yeah, totally was. And it, but I always loved military history, um, and the films and I always loved the army, you know, uh, of course, you know, I love all the branches of service, but I always love the paratroopers. I always love the whole thing with D-Day and, uh, you know, them jumping into the night. You know, it's just something so amazing is and Band of Brothers, if you guys ever saw that. Yeah, they absolutely. Had that, yeah, yep. that great scene at the end of the first episode and, and the beginning of the second episode and how, you know, these guys went and there was eighty five hundred of them. Now, you have to think there was roughly a, in, in France and mostly and near the Normandy coast, there was five hundred thousand Germans there and six hours before the main landing force hit the united states dropped 8500 paratroopers so it was 8500 men against half a million in the, in the hedgerows of normandy the night before just to cause chaos wow to disrupt communications and blow bridges and uh and take towns you know what i mean take the causeways things like that and it's just incredible and they were really for the most part just riflemen you know mm-hmm. some guys had bazookas some demolition guys but they had no tanks they had no trucks and they just they just caused havoc 
you know? That's amazing. And I get the deepest respect for them. The, you know, there's a thing, if you could ever go back in time, and I, you know, what would you do? You know, people, oh, would you see Jesus Christ? Would you like to talk to Theodore Roosevelt? You know, would you like to, you know, where would you like to be? And I got to tell you, um, and maybe I'm still a romantic over it, and thank God I didn't have to do it. But, man, I'd take my chance and jump out of one of them planes on the, you know, a D-Day at one, you know, one fifteen a.m. in the morning and, uh, and, and with the 82nd Airborne, the 101st Airborne, that's what I would do. Hmm. So God bless you. That's pretty noble. Yeah, heroes. They're all my heroes, all yeah. those guys. That's Love cool them. Story. Awesome. So, yeah. so Billy, in terms of like your military career and stuff like that, how do you, do you think it's kind of influenced your work, like your creative work, you know, both writing and kind of your, your art? Yeah, I think, oh, definitely in the beginning, especially with the discipline, you know, Jim, right? Mm -hmm. You learn, you learn a lot about discipline and then I think I got successful and I got a little lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I I got spoiled, but I'm doing that again. I'm getting back into it again. Um, And, uh, but though definitely the, just to, to the organizational skills that I learned in it and just the drive and, and realize that like, you know, if I never became a paratrooper, I don't know if I would ever be able to do comics because, you know, I went in with the mindset that there's nothing I can't do. And I remember a lot of people laughing, you know, or not, not laughing, making fun of, I mean, there were doubters, of course, a a, a lot of doubters, but a lot of people were like, wow, this guy's, you know, I think he's really going to do this book. And I think, and that was because I'm like, yeah, why can't I do a full color comic book as a, as a self-published guy? Well, not a lot of people have done that. Well, who's, you know, I said, well, they're not me. I can do it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great mindset. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and, and there's nothing to stop you. You know, and we want to do that on, on our page. I'd love to have a uh, – we have a, a YouTube channel called Crowdfunding Co- Comics, uh, Now Scala and I. And we'd love to have you guys on. Um, we'd do a show for the Long Island Comic Guys. Oh, absolutely. Um, We'd love that. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll set that up and organize that. Maybe when a movie comes out or some kind of event, get your take on the film and go. even the state of the industry and everything. But um, I'd love to do one. And I was talking to my friend Brian Blevins today about uh, – and he said, well, what do I do now? I got my story. I got my script. How do I make a comic book? And, uh, you know, and, and he was like, we were talking and, and we both came to the conclusion, like, what a great idea for a show. Make your own damn comic. This is how I made my comic. And I'll get other people on. I'll get, you know, Jimmy Pomiati, Brian Polito, uh, you know, all these other guys that made Marat Michaels. I'll get these guys that have made their comics that have been on our show and ask them how they made, you know, what's your best advice? How do you make a comic? What should you do to make a comic? Because it's you can. You know, you know, if I could do it, anyone could do it. Right. That's a, and it's a great, uh, it's a great video. I, I've watched quite a few of them the, on the crowdfunding. It's, yeah, it's I fun. highly yeah. recommend people watch it because it's, it's actually pretty informative and uh, I've learned quite a lot and I'm, I'm yeah. not in that industry. Yeah. And we're having fun with it because it looks like now, knock on wood, we'll have this Friday coming up, um, Joe Sinnott. Wow. So, about that. Nice. Yeah. And uh, he just got Skype and they're going to be at the Garden State Comic Fest. Um, no, the East Coast Comic Con. I think they're at East yep, Coast Comic. Yeah, yep, East yeah. Coast Comic Con this weekend coming up. Great show, uh, Cliff's show, Braithwaite show, and um, uh, the um, Joe uh, Joe's going to be a guest there, and so is Larry Lieber. So my friend Jim Tornas uh, said, you know, I think we get Larry on too, even if it's in the <laughs> hotel room, and have imagine Larry Lieber and and, and Joe Sinnott and be able to sit down and interview them. That's I don't great. know if you guys are going there this weekend, but maybe you should go. Wow. Talk to them. Jeez. Oh, Think about the stories Larry Lieber must have, right? Yeah, but Jim <laughs> and Jim, Jim, you blew it that time when it was uh, two, 
uh, two years ago, uh, Rhode Island Comic Con, when we gave Stan Lee and Joe Sinnott their all their recognition for being World War II veterans, yeah. and I'm like, you gotta come. I know. And then you and Leo, where were you and Leo? You and Leo, we were. Where were you guys? We were outside outside the room. Um, we didn't. I don't think we made it in. Yeah, it was that whole situation was very confusing. How everything was set up there. So yes, it was. Yeah. That's, that's that's for sure. I regret it. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have loved to be there for the, to have been there from that. I, they didn't even like. We didn't even know what time that was going to take place. You know, they oh, kind really? of they kind of ushered us into the room, and then like we kind of got ushered out. They're like they weren't like pushing you out, but they're like uh, kind of like they didn't want people to linger, even though they were supposed to. Yeah, it was so disorganized. It really yeah. was that show. That shows. That shows. Got you know. I mean, they got some great guys working there, great people working there, but they seem to be lacking. And I mean, but it's a big show. It's I think, a giant I think show. that's the problem. It's it's kind of growing a little too fast for them to handle it. Yeah, they've got huge celebrity lists, so I know that they're you know. That's I'm the sure problem. Yeah, their focus people. is there. It just kind of stinks when, you know, when it's called, you know, blank, blank Comic Con and they treat the comic book guests like second class citizens. Yep. Yeah. And even Jimmy Pomiati uh, tweeted that out the other day. I and saw said, that. <laughs> yeah. It's like conventions, you know, Comic Cons. And he even said it. You're, uh, you know, be, you know, who, who, who put us in a different green room, say, or they don't even have a green room where we can get a cup of coffee or a bottle of water or something at. And, um, and then meanwhile, you could smell, you know what I mean? They're having a chef or whatever cooking these hot meals for, you know, zombie number three on the left. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you know, that wow. sort of thing. So and, and but but the comic, all the comic guys are talking about it. You know, the nationwide comic guys, not just the, well, the Long Island comic guys are talking about it. Now, <laughs> but nationwide the worldwide comic, comic guys. And, and we did a great show. Uh, the you know Reed Pop who puts on the New York Comic Con, uh, they had they put on the Paris Comic Con. They treated us like, like it was amazing. They just treated us just as good as the biggest celebrities that were there. And then we did the London Comic Con with with Leo, Jim. Right, we really right. thought you were going to make that one. Uh, and uh, they had us. They had a big green room, and it was everyone, like all of us. There's maybe 30, 40 of us guests, but all you know, Frank Miller's there, and I'm hanging out with Frank Miller, and uh, and all our comic guys. You know, Brian Azzarello was there, and Jimmy, wow. and Amanda, John Romita, Chris Claremont. Uh, oh man, I can't remember. It was a stellar lineup. Frank Thierry was there, and uh, we all got trouble. <laughs> uh, me, uh, that's a funny story. Me, uh, Frank Quitely. Uh, Frank Thierry, John Romita, and Jimmy Pomiati. And we were all, I got cigars. Like, you guys want to smoke cigars? Like, yeah. So here's all these New York Italian guys and Frank Quitely with his. <laughs> and we were just, you know, we were in the hotel room. We're at the bar, the hotel bar. And then the fans would come. It was really great. It wasn't a lot of fans, but, you know, there's just drinks or drinks galore are just flowing. And uh, then we retire outside to the lobby. And it was nice. It was October. It was two weeks at the New York show. It was probably like 60 degrees out at night. It was nice. We're smoking cigars. We're laughing. We're all laughing. So somebody threw an egg at us. There was a there was a uh, apartment building across the street from the from the hotel, and then they called the cops on us because you know these these loud yanks are out there. <laughs> and then, then, it, like, then it got crazy and stuff. But that's hysterical. <laughs> but again, getting back to that, that they had this wonderful green room with with all this food, and they treated the comic book guests just like they're celebrities. Mm. And uh, and they and that, should. That, 
should because it's a Comic Con. Yeah, they right. call it Celebrity Fest. You know, don't call it Comic Con. Call it Celebrity Fest. Hmm. And uh, but it was it was fantastic. They're, they're a great company. I really I I'm, I'm real happy for all the success they have. They've always treated us really well. And uh, if you guys do the the New York Comic Con or the Chicago C two E two, and you know Mike Negan who runs Artist Alley, um, for where they put us all all the artists, um, he's just a prince. I mean he he'll bend over backwards for you. Nice. And because he's a comics fan, which is nice that they actually have a big company like that actually has comic fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Working for. Yeah. It's nice, and, and because you know they're using your name to sell tickets. You know, you know, and advertise and all that, and then you can't get a cup of coffee. Something wrong with that, right? Yeah. Billy, so what's your I, what's your favorite show to do? Oh man, favorite show to do! Wow. Oh, I guess I gotta say the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, this is our, like I said, my first year was 1993, 94 was our first big convention. So I remember in 1994, it was me and Debbie and we had a, we had our single booth and I think I got it kind of late. So we didn't have an end cap or anything like that. And she number two just came out and I didn't have a book for she number three. So we made posters and then I made a black and white copy of uh, She the Way of the Warrior number one San Diego Comic Con edition and uh, we made I don't know 2,000 copies of it or so and it just blew out nice and we had a huge line it was so great great because I went back to the same exact place that I was a year before and I had left so dejected and then I came back and then we were on the end we were on NBC News yeah. like us like she after NBC what's really News. after what's really a short period of time just a year yeah yeah and, and, and it was amazing and I just remember like we had to call FedEx and to get more posters sent in because we didn't have posters and crazy stuff. And uh, we were so so popular that there was hundreds and hundreds of people crowding the independent pavilion area that uh, they moved us to the autograph area where the celebrities were and they set us up next to William Shatner. <laughs> and we had a way bigger line than Shatner did. And he's like, who are you guys? I'm like, oh my God, Mr. Shatner. I said, I'm a, I, I'm a cartoonist. He's like, and he like gave me a thumbs up, like, all right, good job. So fun. That was fun. But San Diego, because it's just a big event. I don't know if you guys go. Um, We've never been, no. You really, every comic fan should go there as a pilgrimage, I think. Yeah. In I, a way, really. I went there in 1991 when I was stationed in San Diego. Um, <laughs> I, I think I was just out of boot camp. Uh, Did you go buy was, tickets? Were you able to just walk up and we buy just walk, tickets? Walked, and it was, that's when it was a comic book sh- uh, show. Like it was – they were comic books and it was small. Now yep. it's – you know, it's impossible. Now it's yeah. – I'd still like to try and go one yeah, day. One year. Yeah. You, you really should. Well, we can get you tickets. So I can help. Well, we'll take you up on that. Let's, <laughs> let's talk off there. I, <laughs> I, I can get – I can help you out with it. Oh, with thanks, that. Billy. But um, – <laughs> But that show, but that, but this year, uh, thank, thankfully, we are special guests uh, for San Diego for the first time since 1990, ever, first time ever. And they're flying my wife and I out. They're putting us up at the hotel. Wow. So it's great. We got panels we'll be doing and stuff like that. Uh, and we're going to bring the boys with us. We're going to spend a week there. That's great. Spend, you know, spend two days recuperating after the show. Smart. <laughs> and, uh, but it's so great because you see all your friends and then there's always cool Comic-Con events. There's always like – there's these big parties. You know, like DC has a big party every year. Marvel has a big party. Um, but then there's like uh, like the cool cop like, – like there's the Eisner Awards and uh, if you're nominated, you go. But there's always like a cool little, little – cool 
quiet party, you know, of all the, the comic people. And uh, even if it's the every Sunday night, the, the last night of the show, the Chapmans who, who run graffiti design have their um, – their dead dog party. And it's where we're all there. You know, since Cabbage is there, Jeff Smith and all the, you know, Dan DeDio from DC That's and John awesome. Cassidy. I mean, everyone's there and we're all just hanging out. You know, we're sitting down and it's outside, you know, you can sit outside and smoke cigars or you can go, you know, in the little lounge area and hang. And it's nice and quiet. And they get all food and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. That's it's, cool. it's, it's, you know, and, uh, but I look forward to that, but yeah, that's gotta be my favorite show, but I gotta tell you that the, this, the, the Paris comic con and the read, uh, and the London comic con of what, how they treated us was just incredible. And also, uh, but you know, I, I want to say like terrific, see terrific con's a great show. Mitch Hallett's show is a wonderful show. Uh, I, I, Mark Nathan's, um, Baltimore comic con is a great show. Great time. We had, you know, that Jerry con there that year yeah. or whatever it was. We had, fun. we had fun. Yeah, yeah, we that was a good fun. time. Yeah, we're, um, we're gonna be at Terrific this year. We're gonna we're gonna spend some time there. So excellent. You guys yeah. gonna go to Baltimore too? Um, we're on probably not. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Jim's thinking about Rhode Island. I'm thinking about Rhode Island just for the day, just for yeah. one day. Um, we're gonna go. Uh, um, to, we're gonna do the Eternal Con too at the at the Coliseum. Yep. You guys gonna do that? Yeah, I think we'll stop by. Twenty second, twenty third. Maybe we can hang out that night. Yeah, yeah maybe so. Awesome. <laughs> Good stuff. And uh, but it, yeah, the Mega Con was great when uh, Beth and Christina ran it, um, and that was a great show because that show, the Mega Con down in Orlando, was always like in February or March early March and it was the first con of the year right. so everybody would go every all the big comic celebrities would go and then we end up taking over the, the hotel bar because they would keep us in one bar but then again like like that show was so great because I got to go out to dinner with like Jerry Robinson you know what I mean wow. and I went to I went for a run. I got up one morning to go for a run, and there's Stan Lee and Max. This is going back ten years ago, and he's like, and and, and, and he's like, oh, Billy, how are you? I'm like, hey, <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, I walk every morning, forty five minutes, and he's like, and what, are you doing? what are you doing up so early? And I'm like, I'm going for a run. He goes, why run when you can walk? He's <laughs> like, walk with me. I'm like, all right. So I walk with Stan Lee around the hotel, That's big awesome. hotel. 45 minutes around the pool and just talking to him and asking him questions. It was unbelievable. That's, That's really cool. Stuff. Wow. <laughs> That's great. So you, uh, you, before you brought up, it's the 25th anniversary of she. Um, so you got a new book coming out uh, next year, right? Um, what is your future goals for she? I mean, what do you envision in the next 10 years? Well, I did a three-year plan so I can read my three years. Okay. Um, I, I actually have it out here, my, my business plan. It's this 2019 business plan, but it, it has all my conventions and all the books we're doing. So this year uh, for uh, our 20, 25th anniversary, we're going to have She, well, you know, She Return of the Warrior um, Part 1. That's uh, it's it's a 48 page graphic novel. And it's the story I told you about. Anna is now raising her daughter. Um, that's for this year. That's going to be for the end of June. So the book will probably be in everyone's hands by September. Then come October, we're going to launch another Indiegogo, which will be our 25th anniversary book. So we'll have. Uh, 25th anniversary omnibus, full color omnibus is what we want to do. About 500 pages of the first, you know, 20 page, 20, 20 issues a she or so. And then I want to do an artist 
proof edition of the very first sheet book because I have all the original art. Um, and I want to have all the original art in black and white and then all the original colors because the book was hand painted. She number one. So I want to make a nice 11 by 17, perfect bound, um, you know, 64 page book of that. And that's for October. Then come uh, next March, we do She Return of the Warrior Part Two, uh, which is our, the follow up graphic novel. Then, and knock on wood, well, I want to do, well, two things. It, it, next year will be the 25th anniversary of our book, Senryaku, which is a really big book from 1995. And we were nominated for an Eisner for it. And it, it, it has, it's the story, it's, it's Anna's grandfather teaching her about the 36 stratagems of the, of the Chinese art of war. And I had the best artists in comics, each doing a double page spread about uh, was she in it or, you know, and it's, it's a beautiful book. So I really want to do a 25th anniversary book of that real hard cover, you know, cause those books are gone. They're sold out. Um, and then it's also the 25th anniversary of the she side blade book that Mark Silvestri and I did with, mm-hmm. and it was battle battle of the independence. And we brought all these independent characters in for the first time, uh, dozens of them. And I'd love to do a 25th anniversary edition of that, like a whole new story, you know, mm-hmm. write and draw a whole new, you know, a new follow up. So I have to go to Mark and see if I could license uh, side blade. And I remember talking to him. He's like, yeah, that's cool. He goes, but she's dead, which which so he killed that character off. But that works great for me with the side blade because my character, if anyone knows the story, with she she's haunted by ghosts, so I can have her a ghost in there, so I can make it some you know really interesting. Hmm. And then, yeah, and then of course we'll follow up in 2021 with two more she um, kickstarters. I want to do at least two new she kickstarter uh, 48 pagers a year. Okay, and then of course, and then we'll break them down into smaller, you know, into individual issues, and go through Diamond, starting uh, next year, having them out in Diamond Comics as well. Hmm. And uh, and if I could do that and put out, you know, you know, a hundred pages of she every year, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So when is Disney going to buy the rights for the movie? <laughs> okay, well, we have well, we have a film deal now, knock on wood, which is great. We have a meeting coming up in San Diego. Awesome. With my producer, uh, her name is Mimi Gitlin. She just produced Angelina Jolie's movie. She was Ridley Scott and Tony Scott's uh, producer. Wow. You know, their head producer, their line producer, and all. And she gets it. So wow. we've gone through several producer so hopefully knock on wood that she'll uh, like what i have to you know what what i want what i want to do and my story what i want for the she film would be what the return of the warrior storyline is but instead of anna the mother being the star i'd love for the daughter to be the star and have this like teenager whose mother was a part of this secret shadow society of samurai that's existed for 500 years and her daughter has no idea about it, you know, because she's Americanized and she's living here and she'd rather she's into metal and playing video games and stuff like that. And now, you know, something happens and, you know, this this war is rekindled and they're coming for her. Wow. And it's how this mother and her daughter have to learn. You know what I mean? That's to, cool. To, to, yeah, I think it's and make the daughter the star, make the daughter the you know. The, the little girl make a six some sixteen year old unknown and it's her story and then that sets for and and her mother's a real strong character you know her mother's a warrior and have uh, you know maybe hopefully spurn a whole bunch of sequels but but really hit with a lot of uh, real Kurosawa aspects to it um, there's a film I love I think it won the Academy Award 1964 for best foreign film called uh, uh, called Quiet it's Kobayashi's the director, and it's a beautiful Japanese ghost, a bunch of ghost stories. Uh, I recommend anyone to watch it on a rainy day. Can, so. can, you, can you repeat that? 
It's called Quidon, and the director is Kobayashi. Huh. I can, I, you know what? Let me run and get it. I got, I got my DVD. <laughs> <laughs> and there he goes. Just, just play it now. <laughs> is, is he still there? No, he, he's going to go get it. He's out of this chair. He's going to go get it. He's coming I'm back. I'm sorry. There he is. He's back. Got it. There you go. <laughs> uh, right. It's hilarious. So, Jim, if you want to take a picture of it. Okay. It's, uh, I just can't turn my monitor because it'll be No, but can plugs. you take your phone? Of course it's, I do. I, I'm ready. Masaki Kobe, Kobayashi's quite on. Well, there we go. Billy, can you make sure you let us know uh, in private once you get the green light for these she movies so we can make sure and go around and buy all the first appearances of she? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I actually have one. I had him sign it uh, but I two want weeks all, ago. I want all. All of them. Okay. <laughs> I'm not adverse to insider trading whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. Billy, I, I did want to ask you a, a separate question. I know she's the hot topic right now, but you yeah. um, you told me an idea for another book that you had while we had our, our fun conversation at Rhode Island with the... The, uh, at the cigar bar. Do you oh, remember, I remember that book? I remember this. Oh, that was a great night. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun night. That was but a better remember Day. Right? Day. Yeah, Day. that was a great night. Yep. Do you remember the book you were telling us about? Uh, I don't know. Which one was it? It was uh, involved Romeo and Juliet. I don't want to Oh, speak. yeah. I can't talk about that. All right. That's, <laughs> all right, that, that's what I, I had yeah, a feeling that might be the chance. That, no, that's plan, That's in the pipeline for sure. Okay, cool. I'm excited yeah, about that. That's that's uh, that's definitely for 2020 for 2020 for sure. Awesome. Right. awesome. I'm, uh, it's, right. it's, too, it's too good of an idea. Yeah. Yeah, really yeah that's why I didn't want to speak about it. Uh, uh, speak yeah. too much about it before. You- yeah, my wife. My wife is my staunchest uh, supporter and critic, and she's like, "That's this is the best idea you ever came up with." Awesome. That's awesome. We were all really excited I, when I we heard about it. I was very excited. Yeah. yeah, and it's even better now. I mean, it really <laughs> out everything, and it's 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 really great. It really is. So the, I, I was kind of shocked, and I'm like, "Wow, I, I well." I, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the anticipation will kill everybody until it's uh, <laughs> until it's uh, out there. No, they'll all hear about it. They, yeah. They, there you sure, go. Yeah. So um, uh, other books that you've done, we know that you've done some Sergeant Rocks. Um, yeah. You've also done some Harley Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. What was the other one? Heroes for Hire. What other yeah, uh, what, what well, other I work did, have you done? Uh, yeah, I remember doing – I did uh, a, an issue of Jonah Hex and I think it might have been the first Jonah Hex to sell out. Really? And there was a beautiful girl on the cover and stuff like that <laughs> and that was issue number 53 I did with Jimmy and Jimmy and Justin Gray. Oh, I've got to track that down. I'm going to track that, that one down. Book. That, was a, that was a lot of fun, that book, drawing that. <laughs> I love working with Jimmy. And I did the Harley, you know, Harley's little black book with him. Yes. And, um, you know, so I, I just, I love working. Yeah, maybe if it was with Jimmy, I wouldn't be doing any mainstream stuff. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Jimmy, really and, Jimmy and Justin's Jonah Hex series was, was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Like, absolutely serious. fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad you were a part of that. Nice. You know, and that's funny is that that is, and Jimmy had said it, um, and I agree with him that Jonah Hex, the movie, usually when a movie comes out, it it, it it lifts a comic book, elevates it in sales and everything like that. That movie killed that <laughs> It killed Jonah Hex. Really? I think because the, the response to the movie was so negative. Was that also Josh that it, Berlin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was Josh Brolin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 he's in everything, right? He I mean, loves well, comics, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he's Jonah Hex, Cable. Doom, uh, not Dooms, um, Thanos. Thanos. And then to be determined next. <laughs> yes, He'll be in Spider, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel. Is he good? Is he, oh, is I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> He'll throw his voice acting talent somewhere. Billy, is there a character that you've always wanted to draw but haven't gotten the chance to yet? Absolutely. The Rocketeer. 
Oh, beautiful. Good one. I have stories for the Rocketeer that, that I, is my by far my favorite character. I was fortunate enough to be friends with Dave Stevens, um, and I just walked on like – that was San Diego. I, not, not 93 because I, I think I might have saw him. I was too nervous to talk to him, but 94, forget it. Now I'm like, I'm Billy F. and Tucci. I got a comic book. I'm going to come up with a comic book. And I'm like, you're Dave Stevens. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my god. And I just fan. But every time I hung out with him, I, I geeked out over him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I just love the guy. And uh, But definitely the Rocketeer. But another one, too, is a, is one of my favorites, and, and uh, that's Miss Fury. And uh, Dynamite will be putting – see, the thing with Miss Fury is that Dynamite had solicited it. But I think that the response to the book was so great, but the numbers weren't really that good for some reason. Um, you know, the, and and – they were kind of comparable with with all with with their other books, but we wanted. I'm like, this is an important book. This is too good of a book to just let it kind of, you know, fall by the wayside. With this, we should put this out as a prestige format, big graphic novel, and uh, and that's what we're doing. So it looks like come August, uh, Miss Fury: The Joy Division through uh, will be an Indiegogo through Dynamite. Oh, nice. With me, yeah, and a big book. Big, you know, uh, you know, hundred hundred plus page book. So um, I'm really excited. It's because it's a great story. It really is, and it's an important story too. The story of the Joy Division, and we pay a lot of respect. We, you know, to June June Tarp Mills, Miss Fury's creator. And for those of you yep. out there who are not familiar with her, she Miss Fury is the first female comic book character created by a woman, and she actually preceded Wonder Woman by six months. And she ran for 10 years from 1941 to 40 to 51. And and if you look at Miss Fury, if, if you guys if, if Google her, for those of you out there, she's Cat, Catwoman is literally a ripoff of Miss Fury. Mm-hmm. And she's got the sexy leotard and with this panther suit. And uh, and we're, we're, we're tying in historical characters. We're, t- we're, we're tying in all the original characters from Miss Fury. And, um, you know, she, I, she, Trina Robbins, who is, you know, the foremost um, – Authority, I would say, on I, I guess even female characters or female creators, she gave us her blessing, and she loved it. She loved the story, so maybe we can even ask uh, um, Trina if she would consider doing the um, the introduction for the book. So nice. Yeah, I, yeah, it's fun. So it's it's gonna be busy, and I got something else coming out from DC later on this year. Um, so uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how it all goes. So the so the yep. other uh, the other big book that I think you've done, uh, uh, a child is born. Oh uh, yeah, Christmas, yeah, that's a Christmas real big story. Yeah, yeah. So what was the thought process? I mean, you came out there uh, basically uh, this this. Religious story, book. religious story. Yeah. Um, what was the thought process on that? Like, well, you know, Jim, I, I JJ, are we JJ? <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Either Jay, I, 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 you know, I always wanted to tell the Christmas story. Um, I, I'd never seen a comic book with just a Christmas story. No, um, I seen a lot of Old Testament books, uh, and then I, and then I saw um, Sergio Car- Cariello's beautiful action Bible, beautiful book. But I mean, Sergio's a madman; he did the whole 
you know, the whole New Testament. I uh, even did the Old Testament, too. And uh, But I just wanted to do the Christmas story. I wanted to tell it non-denominational. I wanted to, to, to tell it, you know, directly from, from Matthew and Luke. Um, and it's amazing. The story of the birth of Jesus uh, is literally, I think it's maybe two or three paragraphs in the Bible. But those two and three paragraphs have the most incredible characters, the most incredible settings. It's got every story beat a writer should look for. I mean, it's got fear and it's got hope and it's got adventure and it's got evil and it's got myrrh myrrh and and frankincense (laughs) and gold but it's it's an it's an astonishing you know story and i just i just always wanted to tell it and that's another thing for we're looking at 2021 since we're only going to do two she books is to do our next one will be blessed are they which is about the beatitudes and the sermon on the mount and then the next year we'll do um, INRI which is uh, the Easter story okay so that's laced in with that one book we won't talk about (laughs) the two she books every year and uh, and and throwing a child is born got a full plan it's going to be busy so and that's the thing because you know how things work out well or maybe you don't you know once (laughs) I in comics how it always is you get really busy with something then all of a sudden you start everybody else wants you to do stuff for them and it's like, oh, you know, so, you know, I, I, like I said, I just wrapped up something for DC, which was, which is a lot of fun. It's coming out Christmas time. What um, was that again? You for, I don't know if I could talk about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, just messing with oh, playing it smart, Billy. Keep, don't rascal. say anything. You rascal. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that that said that? That was, that, Tess. That was Tess, of course. The, oh, Tess, Tess. Oh, the, Tessie. The, the snake in the grass. <laughs> I always thought it would be Tessie, but, you know, Tessio was always T- smart. Tessie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no we're, we're always excited to see your work and, uh, you know, run into you, you know, in the island and on other islands. So far, we've caught you. Is Baltimore an island? Let's call it an island. <laughs> yeah, it might be a little island city yeah, over there. Yeah. But okay, out so with you we're going to see each other in uh, Baltimore. No, no, in terrific Connecticut. Con. Yeah, yeah Connecticut. we're definitely doing Terrific Con. Yep. Um, Hopefully, I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't get together at. Um, the Eternal Con yeah. in New which, York. Which weekend is that? Oh, Long yeah. Island. It's yeah, June I, June twenty second. Okay. Yeah, I think I think 23rd. we'll be around. Yeah, cool. we'll be around for that. And I got a I got a hotel. He got me a hotel room. Um, because that's we call that that's a fun show. And Frank, I love Frank. And if you listen to me, Frank, sorry, but you know, we call it favor con because he's like, yo, we call the favors into all his friends. <laughs> and I'm like, taking the hotel room. He's like, oh, you know, I'm all booked up, whatever. I'm like, oh, all right. So I'm like, well, I'm not doing it unless you gave me a hotel room. So he got me a hotel room. <laughs> but you know, I want to drive home, even though it's only 45 minutes away yeah, but from still, my house. Yeah, but still, after a tiring day like you, that. You guys are in NASA, right? Well, Tess, yeah. you're in Connecticut or something? No, I'm, I'm also in NASA. Oh, okay. So yeah. <laughs> that's Niles. Niles is in Connecticut. Oh yeah, Niles. Yes, yeah, so Niles, Niles said he'll come down, and then maybe we could do a another con. But I think we have to all get Hawaiian shirts. Yes. Well, we <laughs> I have mine still. We had them. You were the one who didn't wear it. Oh, where was that that I didn't wear? Baltimore. Baltimore. Oh, uh, yeah, was Graham Nolan there? Yeah, because we were supposed to do Graham Nolan con. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I blew it. <laughs> yeah, that, I think I, that dinner night was canceled. I, I had forty-five people buy uh, Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> and, you didn't, and you didn't wear yours. Like Tommy Bahama shirts, one hundred and thirty dollars each. Too. We all, have, we all. No, have, no we bought on no, Amazon. They were like nine. I got a great. <laughs> I got a great one uh, for Pearl Harbor with battleships on it. Oh, that's the Nevada and, and the Arizona. So I'll wear that one. There that's you go. Really cool. Nice. So. 
So how are you guys doing? What show is this of yours? Uh, I think this is going to be 10. This is 10. This is the, big, the, the big 10 show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> the the uh, DS. <laughs> we've been trying to get you on for quite a while. I know it's, you know, it's life is busy and you've been busy yeah, well, with, this, you. with this crowdfunding. Yeah. Uh, no, it's great to hear about all the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. yeah crowdfunding comics is doing great. Our zombie Sama, uh, if, for those of you who supported zombie Sama, and thank you guys out there. Yeah. Zombie Sama. We did a total, we did our Kickstarter for 28 days and we raised $32,202. I think, I don't know why I remember that. Um, and then we did a two week campaign on Indiegogo and I, I gotta thank Ethan Van Skyver because he got all his centurions out there to help me. And we did $33,000 in two weeks on Indiegogo. And then Great. since it ended in the past three weeks, we've raised another two grand. So the total for Zombie Sama, John Broly and I's little zombie book, is uh, over 67 grand now. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty cool. And the book looks beautiful. We just added two more pages because I was writing. I'm like, John, we got to add two more. This is like the other day. I was finishing up the script. Something about the script was just bothering me. And, and you know, being an, an, an artist myself, you know what I mean? You just hate that thing coming out of left field. Because I was saying, John, can you throw another panel in here? Can we cut and paste another panel here? And then I'm like, we need another two pages here. We need another two pages. So I'm like, John. You, yeah. you, you need to put more of my character in it, right? <laughs> you got a great character. Oh, he's great. Uh, I, oh, you can't see. Um, no, Colonel Keto's at the end. He's great. Is he Keto or Keto? Keto. It's no, keto. Yep. Keto. K E T O. That is correct. Yes. No, Colonel Keto. Uh, has, so is, so is no great. carbs, only fats. Yes. <laughs> it's a funny story about uh, with Colonel Keto is that John has we have the story uh, with Zombie Sama because it has something to do with the sword. Um, and when Zombie Samba two comes out, which hopefully be out in 2020. John's working on a huge book for Dark Horse right now, like a giant epic. Um, so hopefully he can get Zombie, Tom, Z- Zombie Summit 2 done in 2020. If not, that'll be early 2021. But um, we, we have a story with the sword, something about the sword. And we had the the, the, jet, the colonel, Colonel Keto, pontificating about, well, there's, a, there's an old lore about a samurai who walked with one sword. And <laughs> it's kind of cool. But then I'm sitting there and I'm like, He's they're in a helicopter napalming this field, killing all these zombies, and he's telling this story. No, that doesn't work. So we cut we cut out some of your lines, but you're still there. Okay, thank but you. But you've got like no, you got like four or five pages. You're in there a lot. I'm happy. And yeah, and then um, <laughs> but, but so John is right now. John's doing the last two pages, so they should be done hopefully Monday. No pressure, John, and <laughs> um, or Tuesday. No, we'll get those pages colored this week. The whole you might book actually get. be one of the people that you mentioned that actually did lessons. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's all, he's amazing, amazing. Yeah, but uh, he's a good guy. He's got and it's and he's the heart and soul of Zombie Sami. He really is. I mean, the the next story he just blew me away. It's like it's called Dorm of the Dead. Like and uh, when Jim goes to college after the whole thing seemingly ends <laughs> and, and like, this is this is this is awesome this is awesome so uh uh but again the book is you know it's all scripted uh we're, we're putting together all the production pages all the all the varying covers because it's so much work and all that stuff uh and get the letters jeff vaughn our editor jc vaughn has a script now to to, to 
check the edits. Once once the edits are go, we'll send that to Mindy Lopkin, our letterer. She said she could letter it in a few days. I mean, the, the story of the, the book now, the original book was 60 pages. Now the original story is 62 pages. Wow. And the book's 72 pages because then there's Company Z, my what I hope to be my first zombie, my first film that I ever direct, my 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 full feature film. And uh, that's in the back of the book. That's a bonus, six pages of that. And then we have three pages of thank yous. And, uh, and so hopefully get that book to the printer in two weeks. Get it out to people Very so we can launch awesome. she in June. Very you know, because I have, I don't know about you guys, you know, I've got some Kickstarters and I'm not going to mention names, but I've got some Kickstarters I supported. And I think I'm waiting three, four years now Yeah. on a comic, on a 48 page or a 32 page comic book. I think I know the name that's involved in that one. <laughs> There's a, a couple of them. So, and they're like three, four years old. Four, one's, four years old, I think one is. Wow. Some, is one and, of those a revival of something from the 90s? Nope. No, maybe no. not. Nope, never mind. No. <laughs> Thinking of something oh. different. Don't worry oh, about text, it. Text me which one that is. <laughs> in case it is, like you know, you get, you know how when you you, you forget about them. Yeah, it's yeah. been that long. You know, you, you, you know because, you, so because I had my original one that I was just me, Billy Tucci, and then I had the one with Crusade, and. Uh, but tech, if you, you could text me that, I'm very curious to see it and then go back and see it because if, if, I have two, uh, you know, Kickstarter accounts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not you, Billy. I promise. <laughs> oh, no, no, we'll, I, we'll text I, you, I, we'll I text you the name on that. Yeah, text me the name. I'm very curious about it. <laughs> someday we should just go crazy and have a show about this. And I think I will with crowdfunding comics like, and talk about where are your books? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, just, a good topic. And, and make a bitch. And, but, you know, because this is a business and it's a service industry and people take, you know, what's so amazing about the crowdfunding of the books. And that's why Niall and I were so fascinated about doing our own show about it is let's talk about crowdfunding comics. Let's let's get all our friends who did it and let's get those that want to do it and ask questions, but get printers on. You know what I mean? Get all different types of, of people that are in the industry. Even then you guys who are, you know, got you guys who are fans or you are critics, let's get you guys on too. Mm-hmm. And I really would like to, to do one. You know, we have a show, we're going to start doing composite shows. One is um, mistakes. You know, I've made a few and get, because we ask all of our guests, what mistake have you made? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then do what you do right. But I think one would be where are your books, and maybe right. do it for you know maybe do it for like next year or something like that. Absolutely. You know, for January I mean, or so, this and say, is, hey, where's yeah. my comics? Because you know, no one. I don't. I I don't mind waiting a year, a year and a half, to be perfectly honest with it. Especially when someone's doing everything. You know what I mean? If it's a big book, I yeah. don't mind that. Mm-hmm. But four years, you know. That's just like taking advantage of, of your supporters and your fans, you know what I mean? That people take money out of their own pocket and are showing you they believe in your creativity and giving it directly to you. Yeah. And you got to deliver on that. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's definitely a diplomatic way about calling those people out at this point. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. got to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, but and I get you do learn things. And I get the first one you do, you know, it's tough, like things we're learning. Like we didn't charge – for shipping, 
We should have done that for domestic. For domestic. Yeah, yeah, that, you realize that adds up very quickly, right? There, there, was, yeah. there was a guy I supported a few years back. Uh, bought a book from him. Beautiful artwork. Kickstarter? Yo, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he failed to charge enough for international shipping. And I, I think totally just like tanked his career um, based on the fact that he couldn't ship the books to, to where he thought he could for the price that he charged. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I don't blame him. Even I think Doug Tenaple – with Bigfoot Bill, and it's it's funny because he does it, you know, uh, tongue in cheek. And he had 120 European and Asian um, backers, and it, and and his Twitter pictures just him giving him the finger. <laughs> Thank you to our international buyers. You know, it's funny because wow, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I, I, I have to send books to Canada or something like that. But we put the we put shipping prices in for international shipping. But I don't. But de- domestic, we did, and I think we will charge it. But I gotta explore that to see if people mind, don't mind that. You know, do people mind paying for shipping? So you were doing international orders on these past Kickstarters? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. In our, our, we did do international orders, but we did charge for shipping for gotcha. international. But domestic, we did. Gotcha. And I think we. I, and I think now that you know, even when the stretch goals, I just did the stretch goals, and we hit one was a magnet and one was a sticker. And just for because we have twelve hundred backers all total, which is badass. But even the sticker to to get oh to get this you know twenty five hundred dollars stretch goal, you get a sticker. The sticker's seven hundred bucks. <laughs> sticker. Yeah. Oh man! Wow! I didn't know it was going to cost us this much money. So, but it's a hey, it's all good, you know. Yeah. It's, it's it's all good. So, how big of a team do you have that like once you get all this stuff together, is it just distributes everything? Is it is it just yeah. Deb? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and Debbie. Um, and we'll be packing everything up, getting our kids in. I got my two buddies. If you know Rock and Damo, yes, uh, I do. They got yeah, Oh, so you do it yourself? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, and then Brian, but Brian Polito, who, who is the king of Kickstarter, he actually offered to um to 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 pack everything for us to fulfill everything for us and ship it out but that brian's like i gotta know the exact date when this book's coming in i gotta know the exact date when your pins are coming in when all this stuff is coming in because he's you know he's running a big business now so he has to allocate that that, a lot that time for his workers to do that and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh i don't know i don't know when this book i don't know when it gets here so uh maybe for she so we're gonna meet with him and fran in san diego and because i would love to just ship everything to him you know and have them do because they have this assembly line he's got his workers um and he's got a great staff they're like a family and they're all friends of mine as well and if i can get them to uh you know and pay him i'd rather pay him to do it if he makes it that much easier and gets it out you know yeah wow that nice. or i got i got a detached garage and i might just take half of it and turn it into an office <laughs> there you go a fulfillment which center kind of, which would be kind of cool you know i have a little table in there and a tv yeah. uh, you know a little refrigerator drink some beers and pack some comics up in yeah it. why not well you guys over i'll buy uh pizza and beers. hey we got it we'll bring sandwiches yeah. <laughs> you bring sandwiches for sure. yeah. never gonna live that down <laughs> so billy after all your years of experience with everything that you've learned since you started all this do you have any any advice that you would have given you wish you would have gotten at the beginning of all this what, what would like what, what would you, you tell your younger and self tell uh, billy tucci in 1993 yeah wow uh you know what i would tell i uh what we did is i expanded 
pretty fast. I mean, I stuck with, and I tell people this, uh, but we stuck with she for like the first two years. That's all we did was she. Then I started to publish a lot of other people's comics. Um, a lot of creator on black and white books we did. Uh, I didn't take any money, no Roy, you know, I didn't get any royalties. Um, I didn't get any ownership from it. And it, it was a real good feel good thing to publish those books, but it took away a lot of resources because everybody wanted she and, and all those resources that I was allocating to publishing my friends books because I was like well why the hell are my books you know I mean you know I mean why am I so lucky let me publish other people's books um that I would have done that, that that's I, I would have stuck with she for another two years and uh and also we made a lot of money um and uh it was great but what I would do next time is I would sock away so much of that that I never have to worry about money ever again and not like I said knock on wood I uh, would we're great. I mean, I married a smart woman. We have a retirement money set up. We have, I mean, you know, Jim, right? You know, uh, we, uh, you know, co- the kids college money's put away for the kids college and everything like that. But I also ended up doing a lot for friends and family. You know, I ended up buying cars for everybody, things like that. And, and I, and I don't think anyone would have mind. I'm like, listen, if I could put enough money away that I could buy a house clear, then I can help you guys out. So stick, stick with your money um, and stick with one character, stick with one property. Uh, and, and, and until that is self-sufficient and running on its own, and then you can expand and start helping other people out. A lot of companies done that. You know, look at CrossGen. I think if CrossGen Comics, when they came out in 2001, had stuck with one book. Maybe two, maybe two books. If they just stuck with two books, I think they would have done so much better for the first year. I mean, they went out the gate with a whole bunch of different titles and they were so eclectic and all. And I think they were, you know, it's tough going up with superhero titles, you know, um, uh, up against Marvel and DC. You know, they were cross was smart, though. They, They really didn't try and do the superhero thing. Yeah, but some of them were. Well, you wouldn't say that they were superheroes at all. They seem kind of – they look like superhero books though. I mean they had The Path, which is really cool and the uh, – the, yeah, I guess Way you're right. Yeah, yeah, Way of the Rat. But I think um, – I don't know. Maybe I think they just expanded too much because there was other titles like that, like Techno and things like that. Techno Comics did it. Defiant did it. Um, golly, I'm trying to think of all these other books. Even my friend with Big City Comics, Jeff, and he's doing great, Jeff, with um, Coffin with Big City Comics. But I'm like, Jeff, stick with one book. Don't keep expanding. And he would just publish so many other books. And I, and uh, it's, it, it takes away a lot of time and a lot of resources. And if you got something hot, the retailers and the fans want that. I'm a little ignorant to this uh, cross-gen. Are they still around? No, no, not at all. No, okay. Two years, two years, they were gone. Okay. The, Maybe the, three years. The founder of cross-gen recently uh, just died. Oh. Yeah, he had a heart attack. It's crazy. Crazy news. Crazy? He was a young guy, too. He was like a... 60 something maybe yeah i think it might have been 60 if he was yeah any it, notable characters come from us uh no not notable characters notable creators uh okay. greg land uh worked on oh, some oh, stuff yeah. uh steve mcniven got his start at, yeah uh, at cross gen chuck dixon you had butch geis you chuck, had chuck oh, dixon was a legend already that guy is, yeah. is unbelievable um yeah. i i did we did a batman episode a few, a few episodes back and uh chuck dixon's like one of the all-time best on batman Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. absolutely! That, I think, absolutely! I feel like that's a pretty good segue here, uh, Billy. So, who have you been most excited to work with in comics, and then who is someone that you haven't worked with yet that you'd really like to work with? That's a good question. 
That is a very good question. Let's see. Thank you. Thank you. you, you Well, you know, uh, like I said, right out of the gate. And again, I didn't have Dave Stevens do a a thing in Senryaku when I had George Perez and Alex Ross and Frank Frazetta did a cover for us and Mark Silvestri, Jim Lee, Adam Hughes. I had all these big guys uh, doing artwork for us for, for, you know, Jay Lee. Uh, you know Boris Vallejo. I had Mark Texera, trying to Jeff Smith, Terry Moore. All these guys, you know, worked on the you know Zach, worked on that mean, book with uh, me. Zach's uh, jaw is on the ground right now. <laughs> oh yeah, that's an incredible all, list of names there. Yeah, yeah. they're all buddies. And and, uh, and I, you know, I got to tell you, I think the reason why I became friends with everybody was because my book was so successful that I didn't need anything from anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I yep. just became friends with them, talking about baseball. You know, talking about the Mets and the Yankees. I'm a Yankee fan. A lot of a lot of guys are Mets fans. Um, it's okay. Yeah, we still like you, Billy. Oh, you guys are Mets fans too. <laughs> Maybe just me. Oh, yeah. I got my neighbors across. This. I got uh, my whole block is old Mets fans too. I like the Mets. You know, <laughs> and see, Mets fans hate Yankees. You know, the Yankees. Nah, well, not all of us. I, I like the Mets. <laughs> I, I, my Aunt Marie took my first Met, my first Yankee game in 1973 in Shea Stadium. So I became, and the Yankees sucked back then. And I mean, I Yankees, so if, my, if my Aunt Marie took me to a Met game, I would have been a Met fan, you know? But uh, so that that's how that started. But uh, so that was a real joy. And George Perez is, is a gem of a man. And we have a, you know, George recently retired. And I think he's doing a page in the Marvel 1000 book mm-hmm. that was that's just coming announced. out. Yep. But we have a real special George Perez announcement coming in June. So I'm really excited about that. Sneak so I worked peak. with him. Uh, came to the sneak peek. No, <laughs> I, I will let you guys know before anyone else. So I promise. All right. All right. We'll hold um, you to that. But uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I've I've worked with so many great guys, you know, like and gals. Uh, I love work with Jimmy and Amanda. I love work with them. Are it's the, so are, much fun. Are all these people in your Rolodex on your phone with their phone? Yeah, numbers? you know, I, it's Cause so funny because I was I, looking I'll take at that it, for I, a while. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're on my phone. Sure, <laughs> yeah, they're all here. We can call them. The problem is with comic guys, you get, like like my interview, you, you get them on the phone, you talk for two hours, and no one works. <laughs> <laughs> well, this but, is uh, our this is our work, so it works out. <laughs> yeah, I also you know I got the chance to work with Jim Lee with the the the, the Grifter She crossover. Mm. Working with Jim was amazing. Tra- Travis Charest drew that book. Oh my. God, you know, Travis is unbelievable. Um, let's see, working. Let's see what other crossovers we did. Daredevil, she crossover. Um, Ralph Macchio, I love Ralph Macchio. Um, not the Karate Kid, uh, the Marvel. <laughs> also a Big Islanders fan, correct? Uh, that that Ralph Macchio is, and yeah, that's yes. And I even have a Ralph. Someone gave me a Ralph Macchio bobblehead. bobblehead yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he's a he's a Big Islander fan, yeah. and I, you know, it, and. Uh, I'm sure if I see him in an elevator at a show, I'll, I'll ask him some wilder questions. But then again, I might get a new new friend, and I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but so uh, and, and who would I like to work with? Man, that's a tough question. That's a great question. There's so many. Um, you know, it's funny because I I I always wrote and drew. You know, so but I've I've drawn for Jimmy. I've drawn for Frank Thierry. I've drawn for. George, uh, uh, Peter David, I drew for Peter David. I'm trying to think. Uh, hey, Matthew. That's my son. <laughs> Maybe David Finch to write for David Finch. Oh, 
John Romita, John Romita Jr. to write for John Romita Jr. Oh, you know, Scott Snyder. I, man, I would draw anything Scott Snyder asked me to draw. <laughs> I would love Donnie Cates. I love Donnie Cates. I love, I love, I think Scott Snyder and Donnie Cates are brilliant. Um, I think they're a lot of fun. I think great guys. I would love to draw something for them. You know, nice I don't care what it would be. Just be fun. Even if it's two pages, it'd be fun. Scott's yeah, a local ten- Long Island guy too. Yeah. 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 He's a great guy, Scott. Great guy. His heart and soul is with DC. And I think he's got a creator own thing coming out though, that, that coming out soon, but he's, he loves those characters. And that's, what's great about, you can tell these comic fan, these writers and artists that are fans, you know, like us. Yeah. And then you could tell that passion when you're just talking to them and you're in a bar and you're just, you know, talking about, you know, you know, what are you working on? And then you just see that passion. And then you see a lot of the, like a lot of these people that have been hired recently for books in the past year and a half or so, they, a lot of them who write, a lot of the writers, not the artists, they don't seem to like comics at all. And they are unabashedly like, yeah, I never read comics. Nah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really like comics, but this is my idea for this story sort of thing. You know what I mean? And I think that translates. And a lot of them are working for you know Marvel and stuff like that. And those books, you could see the fans' response because they just don't get it. And and they're just kind of boring and they love to see, hear – I guess they love to see their, their words. I mean the word balloons are getting bigger and bigger, aren't they, in comics? And the action is getting uh, less and less it seems yeah. with some, some of these you know some of these writers and stuff. But – but yeah, that was my list. If that was okay, no, that was, that was a great. great. List. That, that was a, that was a great answer to a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Tess is patting himself on the back. There you go, Tess. So, so Billy. So, what uh, do you guys? So, um, well, what was your last show about last weekend? Um, we did an Avengers recap. <gasps> All right. Yeah. So what's 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 the consensus if, if if we may get into a little Avengers? Did you see it? Yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah, you did. You All guys right. did. You guys did a whole episode on the uh, on your crowdfunding site, right? Yeah. On the Avengers. Yep. 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 When we had fans come on and some pros, and it was fun because we were still reeling from the excitement of it, and um, you know, and I got to, I liked it better. I liked Endgame better than uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Really, I did. I, I enjoyed it more. You know what I think? Why I did? Because it, I think the vision dying throughout the whole damn movie was kind of a pain. Like, really bothered me. Remember, like, I mean, he got beat up in the beginning, uh-huh. and then he was just pain and dying. And it was almost like you know Frodo with the ring, you know, walking around <laughs> like a zombie. <laughs> I don't know, slow too much, and it kind of like, oh, all right, just die, or I don't know. I don't know. I, I hadn't made that made that connection before. That's pretty funny, but uh, so, so. was uh, he dying for? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he did he did a little bit um i think overall the consensus here was we actually liked infinity war better yeah, yeah. infinity war yeah sorry yeah. no everyone did it seems yeah. everyone except yeah. for me we did it we did we did we did enjoy this movie though yeah very much i i think our we were a little bit we we're about probably three quarters i think across the board of, of like out of a 10 i think we we're like between like six and a half seven seven and a half some people yeah. were nines <laughs> i really like the movie well, billy yeah <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, as 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 the same with Infinity War. These are not easy movies to make. No, no, especially this one. Yeah, and what I love though was was that they gave everyone got their due. You know what I mean? Everyone had their screen time. I loved what 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 they did with Hawkeye and uh, Nebula. I loved what how they brought Nebula really into into the into the forefront. (laughs) That was that was a highlight. That was that was part of our talking points as well. 
and a great character arc for her, you know. And then when she, sh- well, we had spoilers. No, you're fine. Spoilers? Nope, you're fine. With the, the okay, yeah. When she shot herself, was like that was yeah, yeah that was Same. awesome. <laughs> and you know, and they're like, well, I guess it's you know, she's still my sister. That's just the asshole sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, I enjoyed it. You know, I think I enjoyed because I was watching it with my sons. And Matthew was sitting next to me. He was twelve. He was thirteen. He just turned thirteen, and he was so into it. Nice. And I mean, man, if there's the greatest uh, screensaver ever, it's got to be when Cap is just standing there alone with with all of uh, Thanos's army come charging towards him. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That <laughs> shield broken. Yeah, the shield broken. That small of him. You just see his silhouette standing there. And then what does he say on your left? I did too. I was just about to say, right? it's like, I, I got goosebumps as, as we were just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the last quarter of that movie yeah. Yeah. is probably the best thing I've ever seen on a movie screen in my life. Yeah. It's, it's up there. It really yeah. is. I mean, some of the greatest scenes and it's just, it was, it, it was so enjoyable. That said, being an Ant-Man fan, I just always wondered, like, even with Infinity War, couldn't Ant-Man be shrunk down and, and kind of pop into Thanos' head and just turn into giant man while he. <laughs> well, well, there's I a lot. You were... <laughs> Go ahead. What? I thought you were going to bring up the uh, the theory about um, crawling up his butt. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, or yeah, just crawl up his butt and just. <laughs> just do do, just do like, we know if you know, Thanos has a butt? We don't know. Yeah, that's true. He's well, an alien. Got, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. He's got anatomy. an ear. So yeah. he, he does have an ear. Yeah. Take a nice little place right up to that. You know. I don't know what is it. What is it? The what is it? The medulla oblongata. <laughs> <laughs> take it and take a hold of it, and then just turn to giant man and just blow his head off. Peace. It was right. too simplified for uh, Marvel and, D- and Disney's uh, ideas. <laughs> right, but no, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Yeah, and, we, uh, I mean, uh, we said that, you know anyone who's a comic book fan or you know a, a movie enthusiast should definitely go see it. Yeah. Any, any, now what, what movies are, if I may, forgive me for sidetracking here. I'm having fun here and I'm just curious. Go for it. Are there any movies in particular you're looking forward to this year? Tolkien. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tolkien. Mm. Uh, I, I listened to, uh, Dan Carlin's, um, Hardcore, Hardcore history, history. Yes. and he did a six-episode series on uh, World, World War One, yeah, uh, Blue Pin for Armageddon. and it's fantastic. And I, I never learned about World War One in that way. So knowing that Tolkien had gone through World War One, had served during World War One, uh, and, and seeing this movie and, and, and seeing the influence on on his Lord of the Rings saga, um, mm. I'm really excited. Oh, I gotta, I gotta write that down. Hardcore yeah. history is it is it about World War One or is it about him? Dan, it's history. And Dan Carlin is is not a historian. He just reads a lot about history and then kind of discusses it over like six hour episodes on a, on a podcast. Yeah, so you oh, can wow. you can listen to about what is it thirty hours? It's uh, I think it's about thirty hours just yeah, on World yeah. War One. It's like six episodes called Blueprint for Our. He releases Band. only a few a year. Though, yeah, right? he yeah, does maybe yeah. one or two a year. B- B- oh wow! As a as a his, um, military historian. Oh yeah, you'd be so uh, into that. You, you, you'd probably finish it in less than a week. I, I started listening to it on a Monday, and I think, you know, between listening to it on my travel in from work and home and, like, listening at it in it 
listening to it in bed at night. I finished it in like four days. Really? Oh wow! Yeah. Wow! I was I was just enthralled by it. It was oh. just, and I feel like in school they don't really do any justice to World they, War One. World War Two is very much more the you know exciting one to learn about. It, but this was just incredible. The stuff you learned about, mm-hmm. uh, and he and he doesn't you know go off and you know make assumptions. He's just giving you facts, and he tries to take them from all different perspectives, and he uses a lot of different um, sources as to you know kind of not you know tell uh, uh, tell history from one point of view and oh, i think groovy. it's really well done yeah and I'm downloading oh. it right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to grab it too. Why but not? I mean, obviously, the next one we're also excited, uh, excited about is uh, Spider-Man's out in July. Oh, yeah. So, that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, he, he's done well. I, I feel like, and how you were talking about the writers uh, recently, and, you know, they're not comic book fans, and, you know, they don't care about the story. I feel like that translates in the movies as well. And, like, you can tell with the, the guy Tom Holland, he just really enjoys being Spider-Man. And I think that translates really well on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's definitely my favorite. Yeah, you know, I mean, he really he really captures Peter Parker, yeah. was, uh, the spirit of was, Peter Parker, and you know, he's my favorite. I was having a superheated debate yesterday with my cousin. He's a Tobey Maguire fanatic. Hates mm-hmm. Tom Holland. Hates him. Yeah, really. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what's what's the matter with you? Because <laughs> he hasn't read the comics, and like to to me, Tom Holland is much more comic book accurate for Spider Man. Yeah, I think he's been the most accurate. I think he's the most balanced between the two. Yes. I feel like Garfield is a really good Spider-Man. Yes. Maguire is a really good Peter Parker. But I think Holland is a good blend between Agreed. the two. Yeah, because I, huh. I I really loved actually Garfield Spider-Man, yep. but he bled that way much into uh, he way too much into Peter Parker, mm-hmm. too c- cool and you know with it as Parker. Um, but yeah, I think Tom, Tom Holland exactly is a good balance. And um, and then there's this movie at the end of the year coming out, right? Oh, Jim? Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to close it all off. It's, it's Honestly, I wasn't excited, and then I saw this past trailer, and I, I was like, yeah. okay, I, I want to see this now. Really I bad. just, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sad that it's all going to come to an end, but then I'm glad because I want to see new stuff. Yeah, so, different stuff. Different right? stuff. Different. Are you a big Star Wars guy, Billy? Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I haven't seen, I saw, what, episode seven? Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, I don't know. I, you know, I haven't, I, you know, I saw one, two, and three. I saw, you know, New Hope in the theaters when I was a little kid. Um, but I, but uh, I saw one through, suffered through one, two, and three. I just couldn't stand them. Then episode seven came out. We watched that. And I just kind of, I haven't seen any of them a second time. You know, I haven't watched any of the new films a second time. I've never had the inkling to do it and, uh, or, or, or just the desire to watch it. And um, I feel like it's so too much I, at once, also. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't Star know. Star Wars and used also, to be a, a very special thing because it didn't happen so often yeah. you know yep yep and and i just think he dropped the ball on it i think george lucas painted himself in a corner when he called the new hope episode four i don't think he had any idea what episodes one two and three would be i think he just wanted it to be like an old saturday morning cereal by adding that to it hmm. and then he had to make this giant this this he had to create an entire universe and backstory for it and that's not an it's too big for just three movies yeah i wouldn't be surprised you know? if that was the case it, that's yeah. totally plausible. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. So I, I, that's just my, I don't know. That's just my, that's my opinion. But, uh, but yeah, so I'll, I'll get caught up. Rogue One. I haven't seen that. Ooh, Rogue the One's last... the best one. Rogue One's the best one that they released. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
definitely watch that, especially if you're you're since you're a, a like a, a war comics and war movies fan. That's the, that's the okay. one to watch. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Cool. Agreed on that aspect of it. Okay, and then I I, I didn't I I just thought it was cheap with Han Solo dying. I mean, wasn't you know? But I think I heard isn't that that uh, Harrison, Harrison Ford's wanted that for since like episode die, five. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He, but that's he, a lame way to die. I just, <laughs> <laughs> so like, and I get the the force is strong in this one and all, but if you have Kylo Ren, he's trained his whole life to be you know what i mean a sith lord and 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 she just mind you know f's him you know what i mean uh the first time he comes across her you know you know right i i I don't know it just seems i don't know i i i'm no one i would not disagree with you there (laughs) so and i can go we can go on and on but what what are you excited for oh well godzilla no. Really Ooh, excited. That's right. Yeah. Forgot about yep. that. That's coming out and soon, right? Is it like next weekend or something? Probably. Yeah, next is it really? Yeah. I, I think it that. might be next. I might be. I don't. Don't. I totally don't, forgot uh, about that. I totally yeah. forgot about that movie. And uh, that and and I re- I think the movie I'm looking mo- uh, well token obviously, uh, token uh, to- token and uh, I'm really looking forward to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh, I, I really, can't wait I, for that movie. I, I I just think he's brilliant. I have my own ideas of what it might be, and you know what he did with Inglorious Bastards, how he, you know, changed, uh, you know how he how he changed, um, you know, history. You know, the first scene wonder- in that movie is one of my favorite scenes in movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, you know, and and even the hateful eight, except for the whole you know man rape scene in the snow. Which, <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I, I, think I have not seen that movie. Yeah, uh, it kind of stopped. And it, it, for you guys who did, did you guys you guys saw it, right? I you saw it. it. Yeah, I saw it. It kind of just even just stopped the whole movie. Yeah, like it was like I don't know, and it's you know it's like uh, all right, I get it. You could, you could say he did. He could. You know, but it's like nine minutes. It's <laughs> stupid. Yeah. No, I'm, like, exci- you know, I'm, exci- I'm excited for this next one. Yeah. And then, um, but, but once upon a time in, in Hollywood is, I just wonder because it's got Bruce Lee, it's got, you know, uh, Damien Lewis plays Steve McQueen. Then you have, you know, um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and then you know, Pitt, Pitt as a stuntman. Yeah. And I think McQueen lived next door to the Tates. I think he did. And just, or, or, or this other guy, and just imagine, or he was at a party next door or something, and just imagine them breaking, you know, just breaking up the Manson wanting to murder and then just kicking the crap out of them all and go, you know what I mean? And saving Sharon Tate. I don't know. Just an idea. <laughs> so who knows? But I, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm excited. Hey, Billy, since you mentioned his name, uh, we've heard this a couple times. I don't know if since you have, you're a little closer to it. Word on the street is DiCaprio's a huge uh, comic book guy. Yeah, he is. And I actually saw it. Well, okay. Because he, his father used to, was a dealer in comics. I heard he, he was involved store. somehow. Yeah. And, and his father would go to Golden Apple and he would, he would travel all over Southern California selling comics. He'd buy comics, sell them, buy them and sell them. Um, and I sat in San Diego, 1993, in my dejection, we went, my buddy, Mark Sasso and I, who's a, a great illustrator. He got a lot of work. He's a painter and everything. Um, we went and sat down at some diner in the, in the gas lamp district drift district. And who comes walking in right behind us and sits at the next booth is Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, at San Diego Comic Con 1993, no one bothered him. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a kid. That's the, that's the retard from 
Kill the queen. <laughs> God forgive me. I did say that. Wow. And then that, that was that. But yes, uh, uh, he was there at San Diego, and he had a couple of friends with him. No one was bothering him. Wow. And uh, you know, so it's just funny. But I, I think he is. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a big comics fan. It's it's funny to hear that story about the people that you don't know about. I mean, there's so many publicized people that you know are like into it, and it's surprising too because you know you think since he is like a fan, you'd see him do something, but uh, yeah, no, he's just kind of quiet about it. I, I like I like finding out like kind of like a mysterying all these people who are secretly into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, like even like with we had Bo Smith on and Tim Rosan from Winona Earp, um, and the Sci-Fi Channel, and both Melanie, who stars as Winona Earp, and uh, Tim, who's Doc Holliday, they're both huge comic fans, huge. So it was kind of cool to see that, you know. And they actually auditioned, like, and Melanie, who's auditioning for Winona Earp, she's like, "Oh, I know this book. Oh yeah, I bought this comic." And she goes, I want to be more known. And, and I think that's how she kind of got the role. Like, oh, yeah, no, uh, this is me. I'm Winona Earp. Well, <laughs> and, yeah. then, you know, so. It, that, that's just always funny. I, I remember, I think the second time we went to New York Comic Con, I was like flipping through boxes somewhere and some guy came next to me. I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. I was like, who is this guy? And I look at him again and he looks at me and he's like getting a little nervous. And I was just like, I was like, all right. I was like, I just kept moving. And then like I looked it up later. He was like, he was the partner to like Danny Glover, you know, Predator 2. The, oh, okay. Yeah, oh. I think his name is Ruben Blades. But I was like, that's funny. Like, just randomly, like, picking through comic yeah. books. I bumped into Bill Hader at New York Comic Con. Like, oh, that's funny. Oh, second oh, and third you? time. <laughs> second and third time? Oh, oh, second and third time. It was the second well, and third year they were running it. Like, I, I bumped into Bill Hader there. So. Well, we've had uh, at uh, San Diego, Richard Dreyfus came up to our table. Um, uh, oh, my God. One time I was drawing. It was about 830 in the morning, and I had a commission to do. And I'm sitting in a drawing, and all of a sudden I just hear this voice saying, your artwork is amazing. And I look up. It's Megan Fox. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. And she, with a bodyguard. And she is beautiful oh she's a huge fan oh, too i heard she uh, yeah. i think she tries to produce comics doesn't she wasn't she drawing oh i don't I, know i heard I something i don't that up yeah i don't know but i know but she was there early to walk around so she can enjoy and see all the booths and everything so she had a security guard or two of them and my wife and i like oh my god debbie's like you're beautiful you're <laughs> <laughs> so, so sweet so a question so i want to go back to you drawing commissions so you draw a lot of commissions yeah. What do you draw the most of? Like, yeah, what do people ask good for? Question. The most? Who, who asked? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. You know, she obviously a lot of I, I do a lot of she's. Um, I just did a madman today. Madman. Um, I owe like twenty commissions. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but I but I keep in touch. Well, one of them is one guy wants like eight of them. Uh, you know, which are like on 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 the books. My friend Anthony, I do little pencils on his his, and then he gets them inked and colored, and he sells them for a lot of money. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, mostly yeah, most I, get, I used to get a lot of black cats, but I guess she's coming back out with a book. Yep. So I'm sure people will ask me again, but um, I think we all got black cats from you. Uh, yes. Oh, did I do black cats for you guys? <laughs> well, Tess got one. I've got one. I've got many of yours. I I've got so one. many of yours, different ones. Well, I also – I don't know if I'm going to do commissions anymore. I think I'll do them at – like people will book them at home and I'll bring them to a con mm -hmm. because I don't get to enjoy the show. You know what I mean? Like I mean I want to go to – if I go to dinner or if we have the – you It know, must the, be the, stressful the, having to worry about that, right? Yeah, then it's really stressful and then people – and then a lot of people come up to you and like – you know, like in Baltimore, I want, you know, can you do this? Can you do this for me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I said, but I, you got to give me till next May. 
you know? And, and, they ask, and they're like, okay, no problem. You know? As as, and then you stay in touch with them, but I figure if I can do bigger commissions and do them at home and bring them to a show. Yeah. Instead really, of trying much, to scribble, to how much do one at a show, right? How much can you get done? Like, you can't really get, because you're talking yeah. to people coming by, and I mean, I've seen you, I've sat in your booth, and you know, the amount of people that just want to talk to you, and you can't get anything done. Yeah, and then I wanted to, and then I get confused, like, like one guy wanted a bulldozer. Great guy. So he wanted bulldozer from Sergeant Rock, and he came on Sunday, and this was at Baltimore, and he kept emailing me. Do you have my bulldozer? Do you have my bulldozer? So finally, I did it. About I don't know, maybe in February, I did it for him, and I do, and I sent it to him. And then I'm going through my book, and I did a full figure bulldozer, you know, with the machine gun and everything. Like I'm like, oh my god, this must be. And it was only a sixty dollar headshot. And I gave him like a four, I gave him like a four hundred dollar drawing. Oh like, ah, ah, ah. I mean, he was a really nice guy and everything like that, but you know, I mean, I'm like, did you get the commissions? Like, oh yeah, I got it. Great, you know, thanks. <laughs> Jeez, so, that's funny. And I even got well. I even for futures though, because I probably will keep on doing them. I just made these up, so I have my little commission list forms. So I know how to do. What? I have these cool. Oh, you can't see. What, 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 what is he showing us, Jim? Well, I I, a, I can see, but uh, you know, a, I, you, you should tell the people listening no, it's, it's what you're looking at. Yeah, it's a commission <laughs> list form of uh, you know, which which the name, what's the phone number, how much they paid, yeah. you know, all that. So I can keep in, you know, uh, and and even if I just do sixty dollars headshots or something like that on eleven by fourteen. Uh, maybe that's what I could do. I'll but take, then it's some. I'll yeah. take one of those sixty dollars uh, full body. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good you stuff. got it. You got to bring me a sandwich, though. <laughs> I'll bring you two sandwiches. <laughs> they were good. Yeah. Very cool. But so that's, that's it. Yeah. So, so, so Billy, are you uh, are you reading, watching anything since uh, we gave you the homework last time we spoke? Uh, well, see, I, I don't remember what was I supposed to read. Uh, Batman: The Long Halloween. <laughs> Ooh. You gave me Batman: The Long Halloween. No, we didn't give it to you. We told you to read it. Oh, yeah, I didn't get it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, now I'm going to go buy it for you. Yeah. <laughs> so have you have you read anything outside of your own stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I read stuff all the time. I mean, I have uh, – what was I reading? Thinking of something. I, I read a lot of – I keep buying those um, showcases from the six – you know, the, yeah. the silver. Oh, nice. Oh, I just love them. And I mean, what Kirby and Stan would tell in one issue, it takes him nine months now. To tell you know in a book you know but uh what was i reading i was reading um sort of putting them away you know i i just i, I reread strangers in paradise terry moore's and yeah saga i think saga's great saga's uh, very good. That, you know i just love that um i'm trying to look over here because I, I started putting them away um, oh very cool do you buy anything weekly, or do you just pick up like the no, trade no, I don't, no, I, I pick them up. I pick up the trades at the shows. Yeah. I just don't have. To, I just don't have time. Yeah, of course. You know, it's also like when you're writing your own stuff. If you're writing a new story, you can't be influenced by other people's work. That's true. Or, or or distracted, even if you don't rip them off. But you could just get distracted, like, oh my god, this is a great Batman story. Oh, I got an idea for Batman. Then you come up with a pitch or something for Batman, and you spend two, three weeks on it. Um, so I got to stay focused. You know, I want to stay focused with she, and you know, Zombie Sama's done, so that's great. Go on to she, and then that other secret project we're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> Very nice, but. It's cool. It's, it's, a, it's a good so Nice. Okay. Thank you, boys. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, oh, what are we reading? 
Is, is that what you said? I didn't hear what you said. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> we have already. I, I, I think I, th- I think we're done. <laughs> you got Batman along Halloween. I'm gonna put this on my paper real quick. What what else should I? What what else? Ah, uh, the Divino. No, 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 no. There's no, a big no, list. No. I mean, Hush, Batman, Hush. No, 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 no. No. Uh, like so, old Batman. I had or this a, new Batman. I had a professor uh, in, in, in college who, when I was graduating, told me you have to gr- grow beyond being a fan to become a, a practitioner. And what you said just now about not really reading stuff weekly and picking stuff up at shows, uh, like really like resonated with <laughs> yeah. uh, with what they said. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not going to recommend anything. <laughs> Keep doing your own thing, Billy. <laughs> well, thank you. The, the news stories. I'm really proud of the news story. I'm really happy about it. We can't wait and to excited. see it. And I think we're gonna, you know. Um, you know, we'll see. She's a three-time Eisner loser, so maybe we could lose another award next year. <laughs> uh, hey, well, uh, well, guys, yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're thinking about doing a book club in the summer, so maybe she will be one of our book club books. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh, great! Thank yeah. you. Oh, that might be a good idea. Yeah, we're gonna do somewhere where we each pick a book. We, we pick a book, and we everybody reads, and then we have like a little discussion about it. Yeah. So that'll be a good book to do. Yeah, that's the plan. Is for that to be video and interactive. So mm. yes. Well, I yeah. and I'd like to, not the she book, but I'd like to partake in that if I may be like a guest guest, oh, you know, on, on your show, and I could be like one of your guests. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know that. Not we, regular, but oh, and Tucci's coming on. <laughs> we we want to do the Long Halloween the as one of them. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, did, you, did you do the Long Halloween? No, we, we uh, that, that's on the list though. Yeah. So you could you oh, could join okay. us for that. It's actually one of our future projects, a book yeah. club. Oh, I love that Which idea. Which we haven't club. really officially announced, but uh, yeah, I guess so. that I guess that did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more to come about that. Excellent. Well, thank you, fellas. Thank you so much thank for being Billy. on with us, Billy. Hey, Billy. Yeah. A- so again, thank you very much for being here with us. Uh, we do appreciate it. And I know you're a busy guy to get a hold of, and you got a lot of work going on. Um, so hopefully, have you on the next time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope to see you guys all at Eternal Con, uh, maybe Saturday night. Yeah, You'll definitely. Get some dinner, or something. and uh, smoke. Yeah, <laughs> cigars. What did he say? Oh, cigars. I want to make sure that that you finish the smoke. What? (laughs) Um, But yeah, we just uh, we want to wish uh, wish everyone on your side happy Mother's Day. Absolutely. And um, you know, happy. By the time I think we're gonna ready be ready to release this, you know, happy Memorial Day as well. Thank you. uh, Thank you for your service. Salute. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, and you know, there's a very interesting story about Mother's Day. if you ever heard that, it was a nun working in a prison. And one of the inmates came up to her and said, could you get me a card for my mother? I want to get my mother a Mother's Day card. So he got her a card. He mailed it out. All of a sudden, she just got bombarded by all these inmates wanting Mother's Day cards so they can send their mothers a Mother's Day card. And she ended up getting a whole bunch, I don't know, 350 of them. I think it was something like that. She did it. And she... Bought the cards. Everyone signed them, sent them all out. Come Father's Day, she's like, well, I got to do the same thing. She ordered 300, about 300 cards, Father's Day cards. Not one inmate (laughs) asked for one. (laughs) And that shows you, though. Wow. What you know the the lack of fathers of what how important a father is in a, for Father's Day right. and and how important mothers are too and how you know these mothers what they do these single mothers and you know I think the biggest problem in this country is that men don't act like men anymore mm. and uh, I think you know part of the lack of that responsibility as as a man as a father is a big part of it. 
But that'll be for the Father's Day edition with yes. <laughs> well, well said, though. Yeah. All right, sir. Sorry, sorry well. to bring us down on a down. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been uh, Billy Tucci. Uh, thanks for listening to the uh, Long Island Comic Guys, hosted by the. I'm sorry. Don't <laughs> feed the geeks. Don't feed the geeks, hosted by the Long Island Comic Guys. Billy, and just quickly before oh. we sign off, do you uh, yeah. want to just say the next few shows that you're going to be at? Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I will be uh, at the uh, Phoenix. Uh, I think it's called Phoenix Fan Fest, which is was the Phoenix Comic Con Memorial Day weekend. Then June's a big month for me, and then the the first weekend. In June, I will be at uh, Comic Con Revolution in Chicago, which is another great show. Uh, then I'll be at the week, two weeks after that, I'll be at Heroes Con, uh, which is the 14th and 15th, I believe, of June. The following weekend is is the Eternal Con, which I'll be there, and then the weekend after that is, I believe, the Garden State Comic Fest in New Jersey, nice. in Morristown. Awesome. So, and then and then San Diego, and then I don't do anything until. Uh, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, New York or something like that. Thank goodness. So nice, sounds good. And then, so where can people find you? So you're on uh, yep. Instagram, Facebook, all that. Where, yep. where can people? Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, just Billy Tucci. You'll see my stupid face smiling. And uh, <laughs> but also, I, we also have Crusade Comics now. I just started that on Twitter, so we have a Crusade Comics. If you guys wouldn't mind following awesome. that. And then we have our YouTube channel. One is mine, Billy Tucci. And then the other, of course, which I'm really excited about, which we will have you guys on, um, we'll organize that, is uh, Crowdfunding Comics with my pot, awesome. my partner, Niall Scala. Nice. Great. We'll link to all and, that stuff for everybody to, to go so they can yeah. go visit. Cool. So Awesome. Well, thank you again, Billy, for joining us tonight. All right. So let's talk about the dragon in the room, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. So uh, really, let's not. <laughs> I mean, you're seeing the dragon, too. Do we really want to go through this? dragon, yeah. I guess we got to talk about it. It's only the most popular show yeah. ever made. Okay. After eight years. <laughs> yeah. So Game of Thrones is over, was. everybody. Was. You're was, right. Was. Was. We are done. Yeah. It's over. Over and done with. <laughs> okay. Stop with the clapping. <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? Let somebody else go first this time. I went last first th- last time. Test has got his TC's got his mouth full. I'm eating pizza. Let's, He's eating pizza because he doesn't Zach. want to. Zach, you go first. Oh, you want the most optimistic guy to go? Sure, first. absolutely. You did, the, you did the 9-0 on the uh, on the, on the uh, season finale Game of Thrones 10-0 gem mint. <laughs> Get out. You're out of here. <laughs> You're not allowed back no, here. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not giving you my CGC grade on this. Um, ultimately, was I satisfied? No, but I don't know any solution in six episodes for season eight that was going to give me um, the satisfaction that I was looking for. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah, it, it was too short. Six episodes, they should have put it out longer. Listen, it was too rushed. But I also understand that you have, have had these actors working for, what, eight years now? Mm-hmm. Nine years? What's another two episodes, though? Really? It's not going to be enough even in two episodes. Yeah. George, I don't know if two episodes could be enough. George R. R. Martin's consistently said that he could see this being like 11 or 12 seasons. He's like, there's enough material that needs to be fleshed out. But why wasn't stuff it? To if it's sense. such a popular show, why wasn't HBO it? HBO wanted it to go on long. But who didn't? The D&D. Dave Benioff and D.B. Weiss, right? I, I guess the showrunners, yeah. the the sh- not show creators, because I, I guess they're the show. They want that Disney money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, maybe. for real, they were they were over and done with it. They were they wanted to move on and go do their Star Wars movies. Uh, HBO wanted them to continue. They didn't want to. Uh, you want to know how big of a deal this probably was that they were blowing this off at the end? You know who Aaron Rodgers is? Probably not. Some people listen to. He plays baseball, right? Yeah. He's a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. 
He was in the second to last episode yes. as like one of the grunt guys. He was he did this interview where he was very unhappy about what happened, and he goes, "Yeah, I don't know. It was like it seemed like they were just had written it off and they're ready to go do Star Wars." Ooh. So wow. he knows that they're gonna go do Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I don't well, know. and that was the reason why. I mean, I know we're getting off of weight, you know. Our group thoughts on this, no, but it, that's that, right. That, Just keep going. I was. What was I going to say? Like it. <laughs> it was rushed. Like they. They yeah. absolutely rushed this, compared to seasons one through seven, where it flowed from first episode to the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I while I was watching the last episode, there were like nine or ten times where I was like, "This is stupid. Why is this happening?" Yeah. But a couple days after I was thinking about it, I realized I don't have a problem with what happened. I have a problem with how it happened, how it was fleshed out. How quickly it was flushed out mm-hmm. Because I feel like we got a lot of characters Acting completely out of character Because we didn't see them get to point from point A to point B Yeah you know? I feel like the, the most honest scene And I'm going to steal this from someone else Is kind of the goodbye That you got from Tyrion and Jamie. Mm-hmm. It was like in the tent, you know, he's like, I, you know, I wouldn't have survived my, my childhood or my entire life without mm-hmm. you. Our relationship was the only thing I had, you know, my only family I had. <clears throat> Outside of that, I feel like there was no real connection for anyone else. I mean, Varys, like, I feel like Varys is one of the strongest characters. <laughs> I know. This, this and episode, that, no, but Peter Dinklage was MVP. And, of yeah, this episode. I mean, he absolutely was. That I mean, scene where at the end where he goes into the caverns or whatever. Listen, it's awesome. like it being Bran. Brand being the king is the lamest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I can see George R. R. Martin saying, like, yeah, this was my plan the whole time. And that's just his style. So the lamest ending has the lamest character. Yeah. Literally. literally. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like stupid goofballs. We I have feel, the same I, dad I, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Jim? TC. I'm, I'm still trying to process it again because it's just, it, 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 it infuriates me to the point where... Like so much wasted time. It's it feels so much like. wasted time. Especially what was the whole point of the whole Jon Snow Targaryen thing? Especially then? when, Nothing. especially Nothing. when you invested eight years in a in a TV show, a weekly TV show, and then wait a year and a half for season eight. I mean, they made us wait for this crap. Literally almost two years. Two, yeah. John. And it was crap. Sorry, go ahead. Jon Snow Targaryen. Jon's Targaryen lineage is the threat to Danny. So in, in a way, it does have a payoff. Does it have the payoff that we were looking for? Or does it have the payoff that is uh, deserving of, of that story? I, I don't think so. Um, but I do think that that ultimately pays off. Uh, I, the thing that I'm more frustrated about, Arya didn't steal any faces in the last two seasons. None. I, know. I, was I expected that. that to happen. Bran didn't warg into anything or do anything. Anything, or even the time working. What was the point of Hodor and time working and then never using that ever again? He didn't even use it to see where the freaking dragon was. Like, no, he said he was going to check later. He was going <laughs> to check later, but do that. Then. I was like, what? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you leave us hanging on. You have on no that. idea where that dragon is. It seems like even though they ended it, they're like, maybe we'll leave it open ended. It's just he, maybe so someone stupid. else will go run with this. West I, I, of Westeros. That scene like last season where he's like, I don't oh. really want anymore. And then this time he's like, I don't want to be king. He, he that's said, a lot. How, how many times did he say that? <laughs> I don't want. And to then anymore. all of a sudden, there you are, you're king. Yeah. It just it boggles my mind that we wasted all this time. Uh, it's not a waste. It's a waste. It's not a waste. Mm. I mean, up, up until this last season came out, <laughs> I told people the way I would describe this show to people was, it's the best television show ever made. And this puts a mar on that comment. Mm. Like I, won't, I don't think I'll tell people that. I, I, that's not how I would describe the show anymore, mm. because of six episodes. We can we can yeah. talk about the most satisfying part of the episode. Yeah, when Ghost finally got his pats. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'm skeptical because apparently they pulled um, Kit, Kit Harrington. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, 
into the HBO offices. He had to leave something that he had to do. I guarantee you they refilmed that. They had to because pe- it pissed people off, yeah. I think. I guarantee, Wait, sorry, that, I guarantee you that when he pets um, Ghost at the end, uh-huh. I guarantee you that wasn't. He kind of just sent uh, him gotcha. off like yeah. like your garbage, gotcha. and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, now there's a send-off, and it, it pissed a lot of people off. So he got sent back to the Night's Watch, which ridiculous, but so there's no night, Night's Watch anymore. Why can't he have just why, been like why after? Would there, but why would there be a Night's Watch? Why couldn't the, are, the Unsullied are going to go over to their island? They're never going to see anybody again. They look over, he's like, all right, they left. Yeah, you, you can say it's cool, right? <laughs> so the un, the unsullied. So first of all, you've got all these. They're all men. Mm-hmm. They've got no junk anymore. I mean, that's been cut off. It's all in so the trunk. So they can't. They can't. When Tyrion's like, you could go and re- and repopulate or and, whatever. You know, I read a little backstory, so I don't know. If, I don't. I've never read any of these books. I don't know if you guys read any of these books. I actually, planning on doing it. Yeah. So from what I understand, is the island that they're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, people that go to this island, you die within the first day, because there is this. Butterfly fever is what they call it. That there's these butterflies that have this fever. The people that are there are immune to it because they're from there. But anybody that goes to this island dies within 24 hours. So these guys are dead anyway when they mm. reach there. So, you know, they didn't really make that known in the in the show, but they I think, bring I think that the, out. I think the point was to get the Starks to, like, essentially control the world. You know? Oh, man. You have, Rob would have just held out. Huh? I know. <laughs> Bran's got the Six Kingdoms. Santa's got the North. And then the other guy who couldn't zig and Santa. zag. Yeah. <laughs> and Arya goes to... Arya's discovering America, like yeah, Christopher Columbus. Basically. and She's a pirate. Yeah. She's and a jo- pirate. And Jon Snow's now going to be the North North. Yeah. Uh, King beyond the wall. Yeah, he's going to be Santa Claus. Yeah. It's not. It's gonna be Mance Raider. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just like Santa Claus's cousin. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah for, like, what is the point? Uh, honestly, what is the point of the wall? They're no longer at war. There, with there the is no point to it. Like, so that's what, no, he literally said. There's still a night, night's watch. There's like they need somebody. They need a place to send the the undesirables. So, but there's no point to it because there's no, there's no point to it. The, the, the so wall was originally to keep the wildlings out. Yeah, the, that the, was the the reason for the wall. The right? wall was to protect against whatever was from the north of the the north of the north. Which ended up being the White Walkers. Wild but I think things, it was, it was inten- intention was originally white uh, wild. Yeah, but now that they're friendly, it's pointless. Yeah, yeah. and and did the wall just mysteriously come back too? Uh, well, the wall no, came that, down over near is it East? Watch? It was the West. Yeah. The okay, because so that part of the wall was still there. I thought that was gone. No, there was there was a different section. It was a different okay. part of the wall that came down. But you know, you, you can you can tell the sloppiness yeah. of the season with the amount of mistakes that they've made. Like you know, you got this coffee cup now. You've got water bottles. <laughs> You've got uh, Lannister's hands, his real hand in a scene where it's supposed to have been the metal one. Mm-hmm. So th- they're Russian. They, they rushed it. Yeah. There's a lot of sloppiness. You didn't no, see I that. I think in they're Russian. They're not Russian. No, they're they not were Russian. they were rushing it. I'm just teasing. Just, he's, I'm just he's teasing Toy Story. Yeah. Um, I think I said Russian. Um, I will say, and though, you didn't have that sloppiness with seasons yeah. one through seven. Yeah. I will say the the second to last episode, the big fire thing, that was like it was a little too much for me, but still the way it was filmed and the way that they like vi- the visuals and everything, I thought it was awesome. It was that. beautiful. I'll give them that. You know what I hated about it? There was just way too much of Arya and John staring, standing, Star- standing there and staring around. John's you know staring there for like twenty minutes, and then he's like, yeah. "Retreat." Twenty minutes later, it's just after a hundred thousand like, people already died. And Arya just walking around aimlessly. They're 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 really dr- drilling this point home. Like, yeah, we get it. She's turned. 
It's like, we get it. You don't have to. Do, and, but they kept doing it. Yeah. Like, one time from each character is fine. How many different scenes did you go to John and then you go to Arya and they're just doing the same thing where they're yeah. staring around and then they help someone and then that person dies and then they help someone else and then that person dies. It's like, we get it. Stop staring around. Just get out. So... <laughs> There were a few observations I read that were, were interesting. Um, they, they made Arya the, the, the person on the ground character that you viewed everything, the carnage through her eyes, and it should have been Davos. Mm. Mm. You were worried for Arya. They wanted someone you, you could actually be worried for, and she was the big hero from the preceding episode or two episodes prior. But Davos was from Fleet Bottom. Davos like was was basically back where he came from, where he started from. Would, would have been seeing everything destroyed around him, and that's a real character that I think people really liked and really would have been worried that something was going to happen to. I don't think it was enough. I think they didn't have enough time to really build that up. They needed know, it to man. be. They needed it to be someone big enough that people would really be concerned. You're not concerned about Davos. I the am. Onion Knight. I am, but I don't think a lot of, of the people are as concerned as Arya. I think that. More people are concerned about Davos than you give credit for. Mm, I like Davos. Everyone likes Davos. I was just happy that Tormund wasn't there. <laughs> Tormund is the only one that I wanted to make sure I survived this whole thing. If he would have sat on the throne, best best ending could have been. That would have been my ideal ending. It's like, you know what? I think this guy should Speaking the of the throne, what'd you think of the dragon melting it? <sighs> Apparently, the dragon knows what allegory and metaphor is. Yeah. Yeah, and that was another. That's hokey. That was a hokey. Incident. As that was happening, I was like, I was cringing the whole time. Well, he knew that the thing that was in here was a pointy thing, and he saw the chairs were all pointy things. <laughs> he was, I have to destroy all pointy things. <sighs> I don't know, man. So the best description I read for this season came online somewhere. I think it was a Twitter thread. Um, I do not take credit for this, but it's the, the difference between um, plotting and pantsing. And plotting is like somebody who's, who's carefully plotting out where every story is supposed to go, every story beat's going to be. And, and you're going from point A to point B to point C to point D. Um, and George R. R. Martin is more of a pantser, as in writing by the seat of his pants. So, like, characters make decisions that sometimes alter the plot and take you away from where you think you're supposed to go or you're going to go. And the, the ultimately the disappointing thing about this season, and I guess I think kind of last season too, is that you went from a series that was basically based on pantsing writing or like flying by the seat of your pants writing to like, we got to get this done. Certain story beats have to be hit. And if it doesn't make sense, well, just we'll make it work. Also a lack of source material. I think that's likely it as well. Be, as once again, because you're switching from that, that way, that style that George R. R. Martin writes to make it up now. Yeah. Well, let's finish this up. Let's yeah. wrap it up. Yeah. Cause there's, there's like, I, I feel like at least there's a distinct difference in between like those two factions of the show, like before the books ended and after the books ended. Well, definitely. I could like, like you could tell. Yeah. The, who was it? It was a DB Weiss or David Benoff. Benoff. I don't even know. Thank you. Benioff. They're one of the writing credits is X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> oh, I love that one. Are you kidding me? Oh, That's the one with the best of Deadpool, oh. right? That was my favorite Deadpool. I don't know why they didn't bring that version back. Oh. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't Deadpool like it. was in that one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's quiet. He doesn't talk. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I was getting off track. <laughs> off topic. Yeah. Um, I, will, I will say with, you know, with, with the last two episodes, um, The Hound's Death was probably the best. That was great. That was the death only in a while. kind of yeah. like... 
I had expected it to be more than him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, I always expected it to be him and someone else were going to take on the mountain. But, I mean, just, I mean, him and the mountain, just those two were fine. Yeah. Did anyone else laugh out loud when Kyburn got his skull crushed? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was an awesome like, scene. Like, laughed out loud. It's like, so audibly. Fu- it's so yes. funny how, like, effortlessly he threw him and how his head popped up. And then, meanwhile, he was using the same brunt, uh, uh, brunt force to uh, to do that to his brother. And just like, pretty sure skulls have the same amount of uh, <laughs> pressure, el- el- pr- pressure and elasticity needing. I mean, he banged his head against the wall, like, 16 times. And, like, I, I, I don't know if this is, like, my he issue. to make him suffer. Yeah, I guess but I was just like uh, it was like, a pretty cool death scene that was, that was good yeah. a good way for both of them to go out I, I didn't miss out on the uh, the part where he finally died as part of fire mm. a little, yep little final yep. Uh, yep. little final burn <laughs> what I thought was yeah. <laughs> I thought because you know how like the I don't know if it's like fact but they say like Targaryens can't get burned by fire mm. so what I thought was going to happen was that the dragon was going to burn John and he yeah. was just going to be okay and oh, the dragon was going to be like they want to subvert your expectations yeah yeah. well I think the dragon probably knew that because the dragon no, the that dragon he knows them. he's, mm-hmm. he's yeah. a Targaryen yeah. yeah however you know dragons know that but dragons have teeth you could have just yeah absolutely I was also like, like what <laughs> Why did he... Uh, John obviously told everybody that he killed her, right? But He could have been just like, oh, I don't know. She flew away with the dragon. I don't know where she went. Well, it was that blood that they made sure they pointed out on the floor. Hmm. That was another thing that just didn't make sense to me. Like, I mean, if you throw more ash on it, maybe he could have gotten away with it. It I don't know. I came up here. She must have flew away. Nobody knows he was up there. I don't know. (laughs) She had no guards with her. Well, the dragon, and then all of a sudden, the dragon was there. Made a big point to like pop out of that. I feel like the, any guards downstairs would have run up if they heard that. Would have ran up. Mm. Mm. And then all of a sudden, at the end, you got Tyrion, who now is deciding the king. Right? Like, well, he's telling them how to decide it. But he's a prisoner. Like it just. Kramer was like, you do not speak. And he's like, yes, I do. And he's just like, he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to talk about how we're going to do this anyway, though. <laughs> he's got bigger balls and great worms. I yeah. guess he did. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. And they all don't like democracy, it seems. Yeah, yeah they laughed at it. I mean, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I did like that part of it. It, was like, it yeah. seems like a good way to choose. Yeah. You know. Did you guys notice, um, what's his name? The water bottle sitting up? No, I didn't. No, the kid. The <laughs> Robin Aaron. Robin Aaron. Mm-hmm. Did you notice him there? He's yeah, got- I did. Did I notice him there? Yeah, I did. <laughs> who? Yeah. What? Remember the kid? Um, who, who was? Uh, it was niece? La- Lady Aaron. Uh, Lady. So John Aaron was hand of the king, and he dies, and that kicks off Ned having to become the hand of the king in season right. one. So um, his son, John Aaron's son, is Robin Aaron, and he, we're introduced to him at ten years old, oh, suckling on his mother's. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the moon. Well, you door. saw him a little bit more than that too, because then uh, what, but that was, was him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't put that together. Um, Edmure Tully was also there. Yeah. He was the one from the Red Wedding. He's the yes. one that got married that uh-huh. night. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't yeah, put that together. The, he's the one who stands up, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sansa says, mm-hmm. "Please sit down." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put that kid together. I was wondering mm-hmm. who that kid was. He never long bottomed, which is a Harry Potter reference for anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, he, I get it. He got older and better Jim, looking. Jim wouldn't get it. There's five houses. <laughs> There's only five. <laughs> it's all right. I knew that. I knew that. I had to give you one that might hey, trip you up. I won. Yeah, I know you did. You did a great oh, job. Well, yeah. 
That's anyway, that, that, that was a different episode. <laughs> 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 Whatever. Oh, man. We have to stay current somehow. Yeah, Come, no. Coming soon. We don't want to give too much of a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> what do you think about the North um, Sansa deciding to just secede and uh, be queen? I mean, I feel like they, they dr- that's another point. They just drilled home so much where it's just like, you know, the North isn't going to bend the knee anymore. I was like, whatever. Who cares? I was like, like, why? There's, there's nothing. There's, so, it's her brother. <laughs> so let's put it this way. I was like, so if you need help, should they not help you then? Like, are you going to ask them for help? I was like, that's all one thing. I was like, you're all basically making your own decisions anyway. I was like, what is the king really doing overall through all the companies? Like those people who had their houses still kind of take care of that mm-hmm. area anyway, right? Mm-hmm. They're like the governors or whatever of that area. It's like you only go through the king if you need something or if the king needs something. I was like, you don't think she's still going to send help to her brother if her brother's like, hey, you know, can you help me out here? He's like, yeah, all right, whatever. She's not going to send Northmen south? <laughs> Come on. But at the end of the day, there's really no more enemies. So... I mean, that's kind of the... I think that was kind of the point, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just... Unrealistic. I, I wasn't... I mean, Bran was... Just off. I would have been happier if it was Sansa. I'll be honest. With you. Brand's <laughs> just like the, the thing that bothers me is like, oh, I can't be the Lord of Winterfell. I'm a three-eyed raven. It's like, why don't you say, oh, I can't do that. I'm gonna be king. Say, I can't. Uh, I'm a three-eyed raven. It's like enough of the three-eyed raven thing. I would have really liked it if Brand was kind of evil. I would have too. Like yeah. if it would have turned out that he was the, if he would have just died when yeah, well, they I'll- took out the. Apparently he knew everything that was going to happen. Yeah, anyway. so he he can. Why do you think I that's came another, all this way? That's another thing that um <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers was upset about. He's like, so wait, so he just basically made all this happen? He goes, oh yeah, by the way, you're a Targaryen. Go tell your go tell your aunt. <laughs> See how that so, turns out for you. <laughs> so listen to you guys like talk about this final season here. Did you watch but it? For the very yeah. small percentage of the population that never actually gone on the Oh, game spoiler warning. So you've and never seen it. Like, spoiler warning. I've seen episode one of season one. Okay, I will say this. It is still a show worth watching. Absolutely. That was my 100%. question. Was like, mm-hmm. should someone invest in the seven seasons? Yeah. Yes. And then just Eight seasons because forget. the first six are amazing. Invest in and the And should you start. just forget the... These no, last six You're going to get to a point altogether? If you watch all that You're going to want to finish it You're going to want to finish it First six seasons okay. are excellent I think you just have to Temper your expectations yeah. For the ending Yeah Yeah Like you, now that you know You know Like you might expect You, you have better expectations oh, it's, it's amazing for, How it's been like All over the radio Yeah Like How disappointed people are Since Monday morning How everybody's in I'm sorry Everybody's like In an uproar On the final episode I'm yeah. like Really? I was like Yeah it's like I I don't know I guess yeah. I just no, like I, I said I, I, I only seen the first it. episode so I didn't catch on to the fever so I was like wow it's like this is mm-hmm. kind of weird I was like <laughs> okay maybe I will uh, actually invest in it is absolutely watching worth it. watching definitely okay. Very good. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't we were think, gonna do a whole episode on this, I don't but think, we didn't want to. I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to do any more on this. No. I think it's a dead issue. We, we all listen, texted each other listen, after it ended, and we're like, it, we're not talking. Yeah, about it was this. literally a, a dead issue just now. Had a week ending. I mean, a lot, it happens to a lot of shows. I mean, yeah. Lost. I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys watched Dexter. Dexter. I mean, I like Dexter's better because I hated yeah. Deb, and I was like, to see her die. <laughs> so, um, whoa, yeah. spoilers, dude! I never saw that. I haven't seen Dexter either. Sorry. I seen one or two episodes. Statue of Limitations has passed on that. There you go. <laughs> so I, I think we should just end it now. End it. It was. It's. It's done. One it's quick done. thing. Are we still going to watch the prequels? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
It's different showrunners. It's a different, yeah. yeah. It's a different showrunner, and uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like they purposely threw in um, the Watchmen so that I wouldn't cancel the Watchmen show right now. They, I dude, was like, they had a lot of good shows that they like, lined up for that. They were trying really God. hard. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, I'm a comic book fan. <laughs> I just, you know, at the end of the day, like I, I'd love them to close out. Just like I, I want to know where Arya's going. Like I want to know more on her. Like Arya's where are you going? Off. Listen, in three I years, just, when these people don't have any careers, you're going to see yeah, the show we're, continue. Yeah. We're going to see. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to read the I books, think, Tess? I'd like to, but I also don't want to read them and then not get to the ending because he died. <laughs> He's like, I'm only like 78 years old. I'm not going to die tomorrow. Is it? Am I? Those, don't look healthy. <laughs> those books are too too long. <laughs> I'm going to knock them out soon. Are you? Yeah. Well, good luck. Well, do you think? Do you Keep. think because the demand is so high that this might actually Return, return at how? some point. Well, they're doing a lot. Of I, I, I don't know. They're, I they're mean, doing, they're doing the prequels. No, I, I I understand that, but I mean, being that it kind of like ended so yeah, I, disappointedly I be I with that like so many questions. Yeah. You know, Willie says like, okay, we need to readdress this because HBO is not stupid. They know like yeah. what people yeah. will pay for and watch. Okay, so you think it's it's over, it's done. Now they're doing the prequels, and that's going to be the end. No, I think like in like in a few years, like yeah, we'll, we'll definitely surprised. see something. Yeah. All right. On that right. note, the that's Mad King game. is dead. That's uh, that's uh, the Mad Queen. Mad yeah. Queen is dead. Done. All no right. more. We're never mentioning right. again. Done. That's it for Game of Thrones. That's it. See ya. So until next time, remember. Don't be the geeks. 